Hey there, SCP fans. My name is Grigori Carpin, and this is Simply Creative People, the show about SCP creatives, be they authors, artists, or off-site content creators like YouTube and TikTok. We're focused on bridging the gap between various fans and serving as an introduction to different concepts and stories on the wiki. So, many welcomes to all, and let's get started. Alright, so welcome to episode 15 of Simply Creative People. I'm Grigori Carpin, author on the SCP Wiki, joined by, as always, I dream of Harry Black. And we have two guests. For the first time, we have two guests this time. The lovely... <gasps> I'm not going to have to talk at all. <laughs> the lovely Aiko and the lovely Many Meats. Uh, yes, we'll be sure you don't have to talk at all. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Many Meats. You may remember me from such films as uh, SCP-001, Dr. Eat's Proposal. Uh, or you may remember me from my other film, uh, I'm an SCP Wiki Administrator. <laughs> Those are uh, classics. Fucking classics. Yeah. They got cheated out of the SCP Oscar. Wiki Admin, now what? And other such films. <laughs> Owner of the site next. Got a standing uh, ovation at Con. Uh, maybe. <laughs> and uh, I have uh, been lurking in the scp orbit since about 2013 uh but i didn't have an account that i could post on until 2018 oh wow that's only like a year before me uh it was an overnight shift reader so i just uh i just trolled series one two and three from uh my night shift in the network operations center that's cool yeah, I was. I did the same thing. I would just read it on my phone on breaks for years, and then ah, I did it during my normal shift, not breaks. Well, I did it. I I found it like a year before law school, and I was working like crazy before I went to law school, and then law school was really crazy. So it would just be like, Imagine. when do I have ten minutes? I need to read something. Yeah. Oh, right, SCP. So. Oh, cosmic horror should calm me right down. Yeah, weirdly it does. <laughs> just like the way that I find from software games weirdly calming <laughs> i understand what you mean and Iko, hello oh, yes i i guess my name's Iko, but you may know me as left psycho i don't write as much because i'm actually an artist that's right I, my most oh. popular writing work is goodnight miss moon which is alligata stuff but we don't care about that today well we always and, care um, about it I don't. Okay, Gregory Carpin. That's yes, my full name. Good. <laughs> I'm like I, I'm like the Harry, and Benny Meets is like the Gregory. I'm gonna be quiet, except not when I'm loud. Uh, uh, yeah, I. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, uh, keep talking. Is actually a Slashian sympathizer, Greg Carpfin. That's uh, his real name. I am oh not. How God. dare you? Also, oh yay, the fist jokes never get old. This is a legitimate Romanian name. To, I don't even have to do puns now. I don't, I'm completely superfluous today. <laughs> you, Harry Blank. I am darned. Like a sock. But, Iko, how did you discover the SCP Wiki? Uh, so, back when I was a little baby, so I was yesterday. 11 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I was Several 11 when ago. I found the SCP Wiki, so uh, my friend would play, like... Are we allowed to say other YouTubers' names? Yeah, of course. At, uh, no, Test Top 10s. We would play that, and they would be like, let's call the SCP Foundation, I found their phone number, and we would, like, call it and freak out. 
And uh, Ma- I found Michael out the calls was SCP like, Foundation at 3 a.m. <laughs> I, I remember calling them, and then right as it, like, picked up, I, I hung up because I was like, oh, Wait, no, they're going to find me. What the I, fuck like, were you calling? What number? I don't It was, my <laughs> friend was like, it's the SCP number. And I was like, yeah. Yes, yes, it's actually uh, Zinn's home phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was actually calling Zinn. Um, thank God I didn't stay on the line. I would have never gotten into the wiki at that rate. But yeah, uh, I really liked what I saw. I actually had like a paper and I wrote out like how to join the wiki because I was that nervous. I have the old password too. Written. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> now you know I'm anxious too. So. Oh. I relate to that so much. I must have read the instructions, like the the new person page or whatever, like four times before I was like, okay, I'm ready. And I was like in my 30s, so don't worry. You realize this is making everyone listening relate to us less and less. Why? Oh, yeah. Well, having been the kind of person who sees what people do when they're required to read something to enter a space, I can guarantee you that nobody is relating to you when you say you read it more than once. They wouldn't be relating if you said you'd read it once. I literally rewrote paragraphs on the how to join page. I wrote like CSS modules because they were like, make sure you do this. So I wrote like how to write a Euclid CP. Oh my God. I was 11. I was 11 when I did this. I don't condone it, but let's just say... It happened. I didn't actually know because I never checked again. Because you know your attention span when you're a kid is just so. When like, you're when a kid. I just like like I, <laughs> mine I hasn't joined changed when I at left. All. It's exactly where mine still is. Anyways, many meets. Please don't ban me. I promise. Well, let me just cut the tension right here. Let me just nip this at the bud. To start, all three of you are banned now. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. God. God, that's so good. This is such a weight. The rest of the podcast. Oh my God. Like all these people that get banned and become like nightmare people that are on the internet screaming about SC, I would just be like, oh, okay. Have a good day. Meat relief. <laughs> that's a lie, by the way. Uh, my friend. My friend. There's only one Consuelo. And his. Weight is gone. Uh. So, one of the things we like to do here is, like, creative corner. And, Aiko, you had the really good idea of talking about, like, designing characters um, from a visual perspective. But also, you know, that goes into how we write things as well. So, you know, talk about that for a little bit. Go. The weight is on you. Oh, totally. Wow. This is so nice and unexpected. Thank you, old men. Jeez. (laughs) Uh, Many meets. I'm going to... I'm going to rely on you to talk more about the writing aspect of this one. But yes, I said I was an artist. Um, Writing characters, not my thing. But let me tell you, when it comes to design, it is one of the most important things to me. I don't know about you guys, but there are so many authors who are like, draw my OC, and then it's just like, white guy number three. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, oh... So I like to, when I joined the wiki, my whole goal was that I would create a character first, I would draw them up, and then I would put them into a story, which sounds super backwards. But boy, does it make you bend backwards in terms of learning how to write. Because now you've got to make it make sense. And that's a whole (laughs) new story. Um, I don't know when it comes to writing, starting off with a character for some people is a little easier Maybe for many meets, basic over there. Sorry, well, don't talk about that. You can do either way. Um, the important thing that matters is that you have a post that you pick to start with, and then you work in a direction. It doesn't really matter which one it is; it's whatever it's easier for you. Sometimes people uh, are struck by 
a con proc, and then they write the rest from there. Sometimes people are struck by a zippy one-liner to exit the article on, and then they work back. Harry! And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all uh, totally valid ways to approach of it. Course. Whatever gets to you to uh, put words to paper. And it's the same way with designing the characters that go along with that. You may have a scene in your head that's how things end up and work backwards, uh, or you may come from the other direction. You may have a character that you uh, see in your head and take them through hell and find out what they look like on the other side. Just pick away and go. Doesn't really matter which one. Yeah, a lot of us are like. Matters a lot more. A lot of us are programmed when we're writing to think that there's only one way to start. But oh yeah. You just do it how you want, and it's going to be so much less of a chore. I could tell. I could tell you now. I spent well, eight uh, years trying to start with writing. I think. Don't sigh. No, oh. I'm not sighing, but I, I, I do think that it's still work. I mean, I, I think there's like a myth that goes around a lot, especially in the community, where people are like, just write whatever you're passionate about, and this, and and just whatever you feel like doing. And there's there, it's still work. You know, you you still have to force yourself to like make yourself shit make sense or whatever. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like whatever it is that works for you. And the thing is, is that if the the way that you're trying to do it is not working, you know, experiment. Um, you know, and that goes for all, all aspects of writing. But yeah, certainly with characters, you know, if you find yourself bored with your character, you know, odds are if you're bored. The reader's going to be bored, too. So, you know, what would you find interesting? And it's not really about what you relate to, because the reality is, is that we can relate to fucking anyone. Uh, you know, I, they're well written. Yeah. I mean, they're a person and you can relate to other people that aren't just like you. We don't need fictional <laughs> characters that are just like you. Um, well, look at the idealist over here. Uh, well, you know, I don't I write very few white dudes. <laughs> um yes. You know, you know what that's fair. Get rid of them. I don't write a lot of. I mean, I the only white dudes I regularly write are yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and only one of them really. Um, and it's not because I'm like trying to be like Mister Representation or whatever. It's not that. I just sort of don't want to write someone just like myself. Instead, I find it much more interesting to write and create a character that are like little tiny aspects of me in a completely different package. Um, there's no point in writing the same story about right. the same characters if, if, if everybody in the story is the same person, comes from the same background, has the same yeah. approaches, right. they react to everything in the same way. And in that sense, why not give them different cultural contexts to be coming from? Because yes, yeah. please do. I mean, human variety is what makes life more interesting, so it's certainly what will make fiction more interesting. You know what they say, danger of a single story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true, though. Like, I rarely think about the design of the character ahead of time, uh, except for very, very basic things. Um, that At most, usually, I have kind of a background in mind, fairly light, uh, and, a, you know, some sort of heritage, uh, you know, wh where do they come from culturally, and a name. And then the, the the personalities develop, and then along those lines, I also somewhere along that way, you know, start thinking about how they're designed. But because I'm a dude, I'm always kind of afraid of talking too detailed about the way that people look because I write a lot of women. Um, yes. I yes. don't want my you know lecherous gaze in, in word form to like come out. Um, not to say that that's like my, but that's reality. I'm like I'm so I hate yeah. when I'm turning a page and someone you know a man who's writing a book starts describing the way a woman looks. You know, 
even if they're being respectful, like sometimes it's just like, oh, like why are you talking about their like breasts? I don't please don't talk about that. Yeah, there's actually almost never a good reason to do that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, sometimes I think it's okay to talk about someone being beautiful or graceful or whatever, of course, but like. Yeah, the moment it starts getting uh, a little bit too interested, it becomes a problem. Yeah. Personally, and, when yeah. I uh, describe a man, I like to describe as Adam's apple. You know, I'm very Adam's apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there I mean... The one thing to fall back on, which is, does this actually matter? Uh, if of you course. Can't, if you can't clear that bar, uh, why are you describing it? Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mostly describe in a very loose way how somebody is dressed. Um, and then mostly rely on their personality to try and inform people how they look. It's been very funny to get like random pieces of art and be like, oh, weird. I didn't, I didn't expect that. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the, the coolest part is the variations on a theme where you have something in your head and you are sparse with the details. Like you don't need to, uh, describe the quality of your senior researchers tweed. <laughs> right. Somebody could take it to that level, and it could the tweet could have varying quality. Uh, you don't know. It's uh, it's fun to see how those variations come out because uh, you shouldn't probably ever have an excuse to get to that level of the detail unless you're writing an article about quality of tweet, which I'd love to see. <laughs> that might be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, if was uh, was uh, getting some fan art of S and C plastics a while back. And they, uh, the artist who just drew like all of his characters. Oh yeah, drew, drew one of his major characters, a thaumaturge named Malcolm Reynolds, and drew him as a black guy. And if had never thought of that before, and, and he, he went back and looked at the character and thought about it and went, I re I really like this. And so he is now. <laughs> just <laughs> this person interpreting his character, and he looked at it and went, Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, I mean. I have to admit that, like, oftentimes my version of designing a character is mostly about, you know, personality aspects. Um, yeah. And then worry That's less about the way that they're dressed. Uh, this is the perspective I'll throw at you because I don't think I've heard uh, anyone else talk about it in the podcast I've listened to. My personal approach is I design the setting uh, and I think about that instead of any of the people in it. I don't mm. design characters. Um, when I When I fill in someone for a role... Um, I wonder about how a certain aspect would look represented in the setting I'm trying to write it in, yeah. and then that becomes a character. That's um, clever. It's, it's right. clever, and it's it's, it's especially valid in this medium, you know, in SCP. Um, I think it might not work as well in, like, traditional prose, but, you know, because of the clinical tone, you, you know, you can get away with a lot of very interesting, very different... Um, yeah, with the demands of the the technical um, tint to a lot of stuff and uh, the considerations that certain things have to have to exist in SCP, it's uh, it's easier to do than I would suggest somebody try freehand. But uh, it's worked. Oh no, uh, I totally. found that it's worked for me. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, char characters are devices, right? They're they're devices yeah. for achieving things, and you shape them to be the shape you need for them to fit into the holes that you have for them. Yeah, and I mean, settings and places are just as important or they can be just as important as any character that's inside them yeah. um you know if you just say oh it's a dank cave it's like well all right but <laughs> if you actually have some sort of you know on that cave? <laughs> no none 
Yeah. Right, that's the thing though. If you're if you're gonna tell a character-driven story and the characters sparkle and the dialogue sparkles, you can get away with Spartan descriptions. But if if you're trying to generate an atmosphere, you kind of need to actually put the effort in to generate the atmosphere. Yeah, it's funny. I kind of switched back and forth. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Oh, I just no, was gonna go say, ahead. yeah, you're the guest. I talk every episode. He's okay, man. Talk. <laughs> This is horrible. Obviously, from an artist's perspective, I hate you all. <laughs> Except for you, many mates. You're pretty okay. Every every time, I'm like, I'm like, ah, oh, I want to draw this character. They're so lovely. And then I, I go through every writing piece looking for what they look like. And the only thing I have is they wear a lab coat. I've, I have oh, never, I think I have never written about anybody wearing a lab coat. I've always found that trope to be sort of ridiculous. All of my characters have detailed descriptions. Thank you very much. You do, Harry, who reads your writing, honestly? Oh my god, are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, I feel like you're really out of date nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait. It's the truth. It will... Okay, I I love the lab coat, but my god, how many times have I tried to creatively redraw a lab coat? because people come to me asking for designs and they're like a lab coat and they don't give me anything else. I'm like, what yeah, about an undershirt? Yeah, like, like, tell me more, like, even the setting it's many meets told me, if someone were to describe their setting, I might right. think of where what I could give them. But I remember once someone asked me um, for art and they, they described a character with a lab coat and a little bit of a beard. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So, ethnicity? Does he like Batman? Maybe he's got a Batman shirt on. Like, does he not want yeah. any pins? Like, got a crazy tie. <laughs> this is no, 2022. Then, there's a lot you can just do really subtly with setting that informs some choices like that. Um, I I thought about this um, a little bit earlier because I had to drive a tremendous amount today. Um, are you familiar with the? Uh, I guess we'll call it a short story. They're made out of meat. Oh, you yes. realize the irony that that's the thing I'm bringing up. Yeah. <laughs> um, for anyone who doesn't know, um, a writer named Terry Bisson, I believe is how their last name was pronounced, um, it's only dialogue. There's nothing in the short story that isn't dialogue between uh, two creatures yeah. who are presumably aliens, and they're talking about their fascination with human beings being made out of meat. Yep. Um, so with not a single descriptive word other than these two aliens talking about humans, you have um, things that you know are not human and they find meat to be weird. <laughs> uh, and then they talk about comparing meat creatures to other creatures that they also know that aren't made of meat but are kind of made of meat. So you talk about all these things that they aren't. Uh, but you still know, you know, these two creatures aren't any of these things. What could they be? Um, so even with absolutely no definition at all, the setting still gives you a little bit of definition. Uh, more so than just, you know, guys in lab coats. Yeah. And then have you seen the uh, the video adapted from it? I have. And that's amazing, too, because the, the people who, did, who adapted the video clearly looked at that and went, I get the point. Yeah. That the characters aren't described. And so they're going to look fucking absurd. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I'm already picturing it. Like, as you describe, yes. I think we all slowly are building a picture of what these things might look like. And I'm just imagining, like, for some reason in my mind, I saw a creature that was built like an oil rig. 
can't explain any further to you. There's so much work being done by choosing to not describe something. Right. Uh, right. The restraint uh, is very intentional. Um, and, totally. you know, that's not that's not like a normal place for people to live when they describe things. It's really tough to do. And, like, there's only a couple examples of this anywhere ever that anyone would know about to be but, able to talk but about. But I would before. say it happens not infrequently in Eldritch Horror. Um, yeah. Or any sort of fantasy story in which there's supposed to be some sort of mystery to it. Um, yeah. Whereas if they stop to give the exact dimensions of each hoof on this creature, <laughs> I always find myself rolling my eyes a little bit. Like, yeah, oh, that's okay. where Lovecraftian horror fails. If, if they go too far and describe it, it, it turns into just nothing. Right, because he didn't do that. I mean, he sucks for many reasons, but the one yeah, thing he really, really did a good job on was like he gave you like no three aspects of a creature, and that was, it. and then just described how people reacted, and then your brain kind of filled in the blanks. Right, because you can't say this knowledge drives man insane and then provide the minutia <laughs> right. of it. That's right. I'm not driven insane. Uh, I'm not scared anymore. Slight addendum: uh, if you, if one of your descriptive terms is a wet squicking sound, uh, go fuck yourself. That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> there is that's a, a cop massive out. Difference. That's cheap. You can't do that. Stop it. Watch me. <laughs> There's a massive difference when people describe something as. It looked like a deer, and oh, it wasn't human. Right. <laughs> right. And then the opposite, I think, can be true. Especially, I've seen this, uh, like, Dark Stuff's really famous horse SCP, um, where you just describe everything in, like, serious, like, scientific detail without ever stopping to give, like, the plain, um, understandable, like, description of it, and then forcing the reader to put those pieces together and be like, oh, okay, it's a horse, okay. Yeah, that's that's that old thing about uh, a bunch of people in a dark room trying to identify an elephant. Like, the one person thinks it's a tree because they've just got the trunk oh, uh, yeah. of the, mm-hmm. uh, they just got one of its legs and they're like, it's a tree, it's a big bark tree. And then another one just has the snout or whatever and they think it's a fire hose. Uh, Every, everybody will, will describe things differently based on how much information you give them. So the idea is the, the author has to give the reader as much information as they need to get as much of the image out of your head into their head as you require them to have. <laughs> yeah. And then you can you can leave the rest up to them. But the stuff that's important, you have to make sure they know that it's a tree trunk if it's a tree trunk. Uh, one thing I like that I've seen about that is a lot of normal detail and then one thing that's very wrong. Yes. Um, <laughs> like describing a completely normal person, but also... Uh, their hands are hanging down just above their ankles right. uh, when they're standing straight up. Like, that's normal and really weird, and you get to the end of a normal description, and then you have one detail hanging out. Like, it's not quite fridge horror, because that, yeah. that probably is more generous, but it's a, a close cousin to it. Yeah. It's a kind of an after-the-fact, oh. I've done that a few times with victim stuff, uh, where somebody is basically in a like a very corporate business suit, and they just have one aspect of themselves that's just fucking way off. Yep, we like it. It's fun. fun this is Jerry. He just got his suit steam pressed. Also, he has five heads <laughs> and no eyes. Yes. The steam presser people were so confused. My favorite was one where the person, the only thing strange about the person was that he had uh, no, like, the, he just had a nose cavity, no nose, and it was paved over in, like, a rocky substance, and he drank his Coke through the nose cavity. 
That's just disturbing. I wonder how the fizz would feel. Yeah, I've accidentally, like, you know, you do the laughing thing and you get a soda in the wrong pipe, but that's uncomfortable <laughs> enough. I can't imagine choosing. That article was so much fun because everything they're saying is so straightforward. There's, like, really no, like, confusing dialogue in that article, but every description of every person talking is just like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's where that's where the moose with three television screens for a head is. Oh, okay, right. That's yeah. where you, that's where strangeness is best. Where the one thing that is strange has the room to shine, while everything else is normal. When everything's strange, nothing is strange. Yeah. Yes. And it just feels like uh, a grab which bag. Is a perfect uh, tie-in. Yes. Mm-hmm. For tonight's topic. <laughs> yeah. So okay, uh, I would say Oneroy, but I don't know if that's right. You just keep pronouncing it differently. Yeah. Only, only I would Roy. say Onoroy. However you dream it. Onoroy is how I say it, or I, I think like I'm to with people say Oniroy. Yeah. I would have said Oniroy, but uh, I feel like I need, I feel almost a, obligated to come up with something else because I never had the same answer as Gregory. <laughs> we, we all need to have different ones for the remainder of this podcast. The ancient Greeks Oniroy. are here to defend themselves, so we can do it. take mine. That's true. We could have looked up the pronunciation, but fuck it. Well, oh, that's yeah. what we're talking about today, which is a nice, <laughs> fun, and fairly bizarre GOI, because honestly, we don't really know that much about the GOI, uh, and it's really almost less of a GOI than it is kind of an interesting setting and 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 tone, I would say. Yes. Um, so this is GOI about... Is very generous to right, apply. Right, yeah, and just like nobody, yeah, I feel one, like it just doesn't fit. Is... This is the one for anybody who thought the fifthest stuff made too much sense. <laughs> ah, you think this is weirder than fifthism? I don't. I do. It can yeah. be. It can it be. Absolutely but... can be. Um, but but it has a less insidious tone, I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're talking about the Oneroi, uh, which is. You know, from the GOI hub, it says it's believed to be a collective consciousness of dreaming persons and dream-based entities. Um, and, you know, kind of the thing that I've always thought about it as, and, you know, not to bring Lovecraft up twice in a fucking episode, goddammit, but he always talked about dream dimensions and it being, like, an actual other place that your mind visited in, like, some sort of almost physical form. Dreamlands. And that's, yeah, like the dreamlands. And that's kind of always pictured this, but then they talk about these things like actually being physically contained in one person's mind in Famine's article, for example. Um, so I don't know, like, is it just like a mind space? Like fucking Professor Xavier in the X-Men cartoon? Or, uh, it's more about uh, different levels of reality and how those things can intrude Okay. on one another um one of the the pieces that we'll get to later uh, i picked that precisely because of the point you just actually uh, brought up um, oh. it's a lot of where the owner i come from is they intersect with reality at different levels right uh, because you have things that are human and normal and elevate themselves into the space where the owner i operate but you also have things that are natively oneroy uh, or like Onoroi and close enough to right. consider it sure. with this topic. And those things can interact with you there in the Onoroi space, in the Onoroi space, or they can interact with you in, uh, let's call it meat space. Um, <laughs> Just going to use that word as often as he can. 
Yes. <laughs> Contractually obligated. I'm sorry. I'm actually not sorry. Um, uh, no, yeah, that's how I would say it works, too. And the best part is, is that it's so nebulous, but it, like, can be. Because, you know, there's really no hard and fast rules. Uh, and why yeah, would there be? about something definitively abstract. Right, yeah. And, I mean, I like that that's... It's the most fitting, uh, because, you know, in so many of these episodes, we have to talk about, well, there's sort of different perspectives. Well, here, it doesn't matter. The, every ep- every single article and story could have a different perspective, and it would all fit. Yes. Um, so, Aiko, not only are you a friend, but you also designed and wrote the hub for Onoroi, the new, the new hub. I don't know if there was a hub before. What there was, but... No, I can say this because the person who made the before one, the before one, don't even call it a hub. <laughs> it was a blank slate with pasted links. It was a it. page labeled as a hub, but it yes. wasn't. Uh, it was just a bunch of links. Much of a hub. Oh, okay, fair enough. And God, did I love Onai Roy. God, did I love Onai <laughs> Well, I think it's pretty clear. That's, I mean, you mentioned before we even started recording that I just kind of copied and pasted stuff from your hub because I just like it so goddamn uh, much. Your hub is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Straight to the point. Your hub is beautiful. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> if I had to, I know many me to explain the hub in one way. If I had to, like, condense everything Onaroi was into a little ball, I would say imagine you are dreaming and then you found a door, and when you opened it, there was a bunch of little trails leading to a central city. Everyone's dreams connects, including a tree, including someone who doesn't exist, including something that did exist but doesn't anymore. You know, basic stuff. Totally think basic. think about it all day. <laughs> totally um, normal. Been there, done that. Exactly. I was actually inspired by three moods. I, to make honestly, that makes a lot of sense. It, it, yes. it, it shows. And in, and in a way that is very, like, you know, uh, respectful inspiration. Like, it doesn't feel like you're just copying it. It feels like in that same mindset, very much so. Yes, my love is for unreality. And when I saw this set hub, I knew... There were amazing pieces attached to it, and not a lot of people know about Onoroi because, as you mentioned before, it's not much of a GOI, is it? Because most GOIs pertain to something being behind it in right. some way. At An least agenda an somewhere, and that's, somewhere. Not, that's not the case. But in Onoroi, it's just kind of, uh, it's it's... It's like a, just a reality more than anything else, or unreality. I'm not. I'm not going to keep doing that bit where I say isn't isn't over and over again. It'll get very confusing. Very <laughs> no, but th- th- that's something interesting that what you just said. It, it kind of reminded me of what my thought process was when I did the Deva Hub, because for in the same way, like there are all these really articles that I think are absolutely brilliant. That you know, people are kind of like, what's their deal? And it's like we need something to tie these things together in a way that preserves the weirdness you know and i think your hub does a really good job of that where i feel like you can read the hub and get a good sense of what Onoroi is but also it's not like you could you know write a graph chart about exactly how what the different aspects are because that's not really the way it works yeah. i didn't want anyone to walk away with a trait i didn't want a single <laughs> yeah. person to open this hub and leave thinking that Onoroi is a specific thing so if you were to read it you would see that it is super vague but less confusing than it used to be. <laughs> yeah, so I just thought we could like kind of read this opening part. Of course, of course. Do you want to read it, or do you want one of us to read it? Uh, God, I oh. could, I could do it. I could do you the first part if you want to do another part. 
Sure, you want to read just the first little snippet? Yeah, there's like four spots here. That's perfect, isn't it? Yeah, I'll do the list. Okay. I really like the list. I Thank you. You're welcome. There's I mean, actually I, a joke in there. I yeah. see five paragraphs before the breakdown. Do not talk to me, Harry Blank. Wait, what? Well, if, you, if, we, if we want to know who's reading what, then it would be helpful if, if, if we knew who was reading what. <laughs> just go with it, okay, Harry Blank? I read right, something, right. you catch I, after me. I just me, won't read anything. Hot potato. <laughs> you can say we're a hive mind, a dreamscape, an egregore, or whatever eases your confusion when faced with something so remarkably not something. Now, Harry. Harry. Everyone Get owns away. the Oneroi Collective, or no one. Honestly, if you care so much, why don't you find out for yourself? <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> Thank you. Myriad of merged consciousnesses means the dreamscape can manifest in infinite ways. Onaroi is everywhere and everything, but also nowhere and nothing. So here's a list of some popular states of being within the collective. The Parliament's smallest women's bathroom. <laughs> the box you keep your seasonal decorations in. You know that road you always pass by and think, I wonder where that leads to. Well, if you had an ounce of adventure in you and figured out where that road actually fucking went, then there. Your mother. Every other signpost, and the ones in between. In people with mystical ability to solidify others using only a toothbrush and are quick to anger. You! I, I had to keep myself. Immediately gets me. Oh, I, I, it's so funny. Like, I honestly think you probably should have put it like halfway into the list, but it's so good. You guys are just, you guys, come on. You're making me blush. Come on. It's really good. You know, I, I crit this and I told you, I was like, I don't even know what to suggest. It's so goddamn good. Thank you. I personally, your mother was my favorite one. It's very I, funny. And... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like, I like how the one right before that is kind of like aggressive and then it's, and then it just follows up with your mother. I, I'm glad. I really wanted to keep a good pacing. I wanted people to be laughing, but also be like, uh, and then stay confusing. I don't know. The, the list was my favorite part to write because no, I, great. it's the one thing I kind of rewrote fully because before I thought it was like, hmm. Um, also, quick little uh, Easter egg. I was supposed to replace the U thing with the CSS module that actually makes it your username, and I forgot. But then I felt <laughs> weird to change it, so I just left it there. It's better this way. It yeah. is better this way. Yeah, it's I feel better. like it's more direct and personal now for some reason. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like the person who's writing the hub is just like yelling at the reader, which is great. Yeah, which I am. I was thinking of Gregoria when I wrote that. <laughs> it's written by Lexico. It's always yelling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Harry. You're she so yells much. a lot. Like, there's a lot of... I talk in caps lock. <laughs> I do, actually. Yeah, and then you apologize for it. It's hilarious. <laughs> and then she immediately transitions to insults and threats. <laughs> Please, we're talking about Honoroi, not Ico land right now. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Uh, so we do have some concepts here, but the best part about the concepts is that like they don't really help. Um, uh, the Onoroi West, which is the largest of all dream hubs and the most varied of dreamers, including but not limiting to visitors, dreaming humans. First of all, I love that. Like, wait a minute. Dreaming humans and visitors are different things. Um, and pure Onoroi, who have long abandoned their physical selves. We got the Onoroi Collective, a mystery to many. The collective is believed to consist mainly of flora and fauna native to Earth. 
Any Onroy that attempts to join the collection is either never heard from again or returns as a conglomeration far from what they used to be. Because of this phenomenon, not much is known about this dream hub. That floral line scares the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you got like dreaming geraniums and shit. <laughs> what do geraniums dream of? Every single little tiny speck is in the Onoroi. And you better be scared because who knows who you're going to befriend. You're going to sit next to a bar in the Onoroi. You're going to think, wow, me and this guy get along really well. And he's going to be like, stop. I'm a sea cucumber. And you just got to deal with it. Why would he be a guy? Why would he be a person? Why not? Well, I. It's just so like, why wouldn't he just be like a sea cucumber? Okay, you boring guy. If, if you were well, a sea you cucumber and you were dreaming, one. would you want to be a sea cucumber in your dream? Jeez. Yeah. If you move on, are you the, the guy who makes yourself in every right? game you play? That's right. It'll yeah. be there. It'll be there. Me Look. Too. I don't do that. <laughs> I do. And then dreamers, which is the avatar of oneself, what one might consider their dream self, their subconscious given form. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, and we didn't read all of it because there's a lot and it's really good. There's, like, details of the actual, like, like a lot of the GOI formats, they kind of break down the sort of like in a Wikipedia entry sort of sense. Like, who lives there, what the capital is, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I, I really think those things are fun. And, and honestly, it's just gorgeous. So, you know, everyone should click on the description and, and go click through this hub because it's good stuff. So yes. I'll upvote. Give them to me. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of the point of this episode, or all episodes, honestly, is to talk about stuff that we think is really special uh, that we want listeners to go. And, you know, if you feel, like, intimidated by the fact that there's, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand articles, well, here, here's, you know, eight. Go click on these. The number is 14, by the way. 14,000. You eat an entire horse one bite at a time. Mm. <laughs> get it right Gregory. this fight is like your lifeline i know but i don't really care how many articles there are <laughs> i'm contractually okay. obligated to know you only care about your own don't you no i care about yours and many well, meats a, he and know how many he has how many do you have 73 no? but oh, does I, know. <laughs> I only know that because i just looked <laughs> how many do i have that's the question fucking less four I have like, oh god, do I, have, do I, I, have, I either have eight or twenty-two. I don't remember. <laughs> you don't even know. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> That's a range. It's outside one standard deviation. I think. <laughs> Listen, I, I've read a lot of articles. Okay, and who knows how many people credit oh, me for enough, those fair arts? Enough, fair enough. Yeah. It gets uh, well, lost. Uh, I have access to the metadata page. It could be all of the articles if you'd like it to be. That would be fucking hilarious. And Many probably the last admin thing you did, but very it'd be likely. pretty funny. Many you and I could work for each other, let me tell you that. I'm just a businesswoman. We're cutting all this out. <laughs> all right, so... <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Uh, so on. yeah, we're uh, we got some suggestions from both of you, and these are all fucking great. So let's just like talk about some of these articles. Uh, That's a good idea. We, before we hit the articles, yeah. let's bring up two key themes uh, that are helpful to anybody looking at the Onorai. Uh Critical words to hang on to are absurdism and surrealism. Yeah, are uh, really uh, the thing that unites all this. Uh, in super simple terms, absurdism is a philosophy where you accept that uh, the universe is chaotic and any attempts to impose order on that are one, uh, temporary at best, and two, doomed to fail. 
so embrace the chaos. Uh, that's one approach. Uh, the other, surrealism, uh, that's more of an aesthetic. Um, and that is stuff that speaks to your subconscious. It's the type of thing that you see or hear. And yeah, it may look weird, but something in it uh, just hangs on to you and you find yourself thinking about it again. Um, there's a part of your brain that is stuck on it that you maybe can't talk to uh, or is trying to talk to you about it. Uh, so there are elements of both of those things that are really important to pretty much everything on this list. Um, so if something doesn't make sense when we're talking about it, uh, that's going to happen with the owner, right? <laughs> and if you read the article, you may feel very differently about it. So you always tell people, we'll just read the thing if you think it's cool. It's actually really important for the owner, right? Because it's supposed to talk to these weirder parts of self that uh, don't really work very well with uh, one line and yeet. Um, yeah. thing like you can't really do that you do if something doesn't click it's possible it just doesn't click for you but it's also possible that it's one of these absurd or surreal things that needs to be seen in a whole to actually do what the author wanted it to do so, a lot of these uh, have a punchline yeah yeah give yourself a fair shake with these things and i think that was the driest most clinical description of absurdism and i thought that it's amazing like it's great and that's right of course but like the thing that always blows me away about absurdism and it's probably because like i'm kind of broken when it comes to comedy but the only things that consistently always make me laugh are is absurdist comedy uh, uh more or less the same thing yeah i mean I, I i like harry's really witty stuff um but like i can watch any number of sitcoms that have really witty dialogue and just be like within 15 minutes i'm done i don't i don't even find this funny um and then i'll watch something that's you know like fucking money python or something and go like yeah <laughs> and yeah. all of these uh well yeah i mean pretty much all of them have like really funny aspects to them and like even the ones that get kind of dark uh are really really funny uh, to me, anyway. And uh, it's funny that I really didn't know what much about this GOI. I knew what they were, basically, before prepping for this episode. Because, you know, it's 100% like made for me. <laughs> well, yeah, like darkness, uh, absurdism, and surrealism. That's David Lynch, really. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Only uh, David Lynch has uh, to inject like the most sincere emotional moments possible. <laughs> true. Uh, no, no, we don't. David Lynch can. We don't do that here. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Harry, I interrupted you. You were about to say something. No, that was the whole thing. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I got nothing. <laughs> hey there, fans of Simply Creative People. We're mostly unsponsored so far, so I figured I would take the time to mention that you can support the show on the show page at anchor.fm slash simplycreativepeople. Or, if you're so inclined, you can check out Harry or my Ko-Fi pages at ko-fi.com slash harryblink or slash Gregory Carpin author. Things are crazy tough out there, so if you can't afford any financial support, and trust me, we understand, do us a favor and mention the podcast to someone who might enjoy it, or spread the word online. If we want to bridge the gap between fans and creators, we've got to get the word out to new fans. In many ways, this show is designed to be appealing to new and old fans of SCP alike as we can all enjoy some discussion about this thing we love, and we can all learn something new. Heaven knows, I learn something new every week. Thanks so much, and we love you just for listening. Thanks for the support through all these first few months of the podcast. You're the best.
Yeah, so, okay. Uh, so the first one, uh, and I think, Aiko, I think you recommended this one. Uh, My Head yes. is on Fire and I'm Not Okay, which was by Captain Kirby. Oh, do you need a minute? <laughs> what? Yeah, he does. I need a minute? Yeah, I think, I think you're yeah, you just said, You just said your head is on fire. Oh, God. Calm. He's very calm about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm really chill. Like, it's no big deal. That's how I would expect him to report that, honestly. <laughs> That's honestly, not true. Some of the people in the story were pretty chill about it, too. They were weirdly chill. Like, when the person comes back <laughs> from having their head explode, they're like, oh, no, you know, it's pretty bad, but... <laughs> <laughs> I guess that was the friend of the guy, but whatever. Um, yeah, so this is the first one that's just straight up like a GOI format. And the best part about the GOI formats, you know, just to warn anyone who's going to click through, these look like sort of an alternate universe's take on a Reddit post or a series of Reddit posts or a series of posts on the internet in general. Like they'll be like news blurbs and they'll be like kind of an upfront Wikipedia sort of section. And they'll be like Reddit style comments where people are responding to each other. Um, which is funny because, you know, how do you, try to like imagine the written word describing a you know a dream reality well what if we just talked about how people communicate <laughs> that's good stuff um but yeah it's about an outbreak uh, of hotheads quote unquote where it's people that are like actually experiencing like their heads are on fire in the dream space uh and it's spreading like significantly all throughout the the, the thing um this quote that I wrote down was just don't open any packets from unregistered IPs. Don't look at any tiki torches for too long without sunglasses. <laughs> Corporeals, which are people that they have a real body and they're just temporarily in the dream space, right? Yeah, like in the same way I described visitors. Okay. Uh, corporeals are suggested to double check their anti-malware synapses. Uh, recent survey estimates that 80% of antivirus systems are out of date and need to be replaced. <laughs> Which is the most... Here we have a fucking widespread epidemic of people whose head are catching on fire. And this seems like the most IP, like IT bullshit, did you turn it on again and off again <laughs> advice. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty sure there's a line in there about your anti-firewall um, yes. add-on as well. It's there's, like a duh, fire, uh, hello. There's also several jokes about slash wet dreams. <laughs> Uh -huh. uh, which everyone just assumes means sex dreams, but then it turns out, no, 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 it's literally, literally That's wet why. dreams. <laughs> and also, actually, you know, slash fireman is the one that you should be right. concerned about. <laughs> <laughs> which, I mean, come on, mustaches, really inappropriate. What is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, no. We don't have the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is not my therapy session. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, any thoughts on this article? It's, actually, absurd. it's so absurd. It's so friggin' absurd. Yeah. And it's actually it's such a great example. Curvy article. It's a prime example of the GOI format, mm -hmm. which is why I included it. I mean, okay, listeners, love you to death. You can't see that, but, you know, you could. Uh, a lot of Onirai <laughs> articles are formatted so that way, the like, idea is that, like, oh, if you can't perceive it because you're human, you perceive it how you're used to, so you perceive it like social media. And that makes it so interesting, but it also makes me wonder when I read this article, like they have that tidbit about IPs and stuff. I'm like, are they actually saying this? Or is this supposed <laughs> to be play on like us imagining it to look like that? In which case I want to see the real article. Like, what are you saying right now to me? Oh, the layers. 
The layers, I love it. It's it's also something I couldn't stop laughing about for so long. Oh, it's great. I mean, it's just because it not only plays around with, you know, hotheads, etc., but also, like, the idea of computer viruses or fever dreams. And, like, like we just said, there's the wet dreams pun, there's the fireman pun. Like, there's all these puns, like, worked in, but, like, in a way that is, like you said, surreal in the sense that it's like, okay, this doesn't make sense, it's just a pun. But no, in this reality, no, that's a literal thing. <laughs> it's so dense with that stuff because... yeah. He's taken the time to pack as much possible into every possible sentence, um, which is a thing that Captain Kirby does very well. Yeah, make sure that the words aren't wasted, space is not wasted, and any direction you care to look in, there's something interesting. When uh, social media, just in general, is almost nothing but slang and highly condensed uh, cultural snippet stuff like this. Mm. So uh, the fact that it remains true to that in the setting uh, carries us a really long way. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I think everybody who, I mean, at least I assume, almost everyone who reads stuff on the wiki has spent an inordinate amount of time on Reddit. And so, like, it's funny that, like, you look at it and it's like, well, how is this a story? But you immediately know how to read it. Uh, well, and- the, the first thing about the guy who joins and it gets kicked for all caps, that's like, <laughs> I could immediately see that being a Site17 IRC. Absolutely. Like a, oh, yeah, I've had that conversation. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. It's we good. can only reference things that are, like, still relevant. Um, oh, hey, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You were literally about to get at least me kicked off staff. <laughs> Wait, why? Yeah, the continued relevance of the IRC is a, is a point of... Well, I'm not on staff, so... Yeah, well, all of us are, so... Well, it is a point of soreness for all stop people who are on staff. All right, sorry. I'm sorry. All right, we'll be... I apologize. I apologize! <laughs> I do not... My opinions do not speak for the group. Uh, I choose to simply not feel anything, so... Excellent. Uh, I'm nonplussed by this. Luckily, anybody who's still on IRC hasn't got the technology to listen to this podcast. <laughs> that was way worse than what I said. <laughs> oh, oh, you're the best. Uh, yeah, we know. So, next one is Restless Streams, or Recursive Recursion, which is a fucking great username. Um, I couldn't <laughs> pronounce it, and I actually had to copy-paste it, because I couldn't type it when I sent it to you. Why couldn't you type it? It's just... It looks like the same word. It's just too much, okay? They're just two words pushed together. She started typing it and it kept coming out. Recursive, recursion, recursive, recursion, recursive, recursion. Listen, you asked me to read and now you're asking me to write? Yeah, I don't know what you thought this podcast was about, but... What was interesting, I thought that this was kind of such a fun angle because yeah it's an Unroy article but it's all about like the the view inside the Unroy looking out at the events of like war on all fronts not even about the events but like looking out on like the the end of the world scenarios that are going on in war and on all fronts canon which is uh i mentioned briefly in episode two and we've mentioned a couple times here and there it's the one that there's just straight up kaiju and mecha um and I say that, and I don't want anyone to think it's being dismissive because it's absolutely one of my favorite things on the wiki. Of course it is. Hey, you, know. you You just love strange things. When will you be? It's not even strange. It's like the most fucking like mainstream thing ever. Godzilla and Mecha. Well, it's pretty grounded, uh, especially compared to uh, like uh, I. I kind of think of the war on all fronts in the same vein as uh, my personal favorite is competitive eschatology. Yeah, fair enough. You say um, eschatology? That's eschatology. 
Yeah, or eschatology. I say so. eschatology, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eschatology. I, I always get on people for the pronunciation of things, even if they are the one who made it. Look you literally me told me yesterday that you hate conversations about pronunciation. I do. <laughs> You're your own worst enemy. Problems. She hates all conversations. <laughs> no, that's true. She prefers monologues. Please let me out of here. For the audience, Iko once told me, I am not a writer. I hate writing. I'm really good at dialogue, though. This was a quote. <laughs> like a direct quote. <laughs> I, I have many control. good words. I talk the goodest words. <laughs> this is why I'm glad I have many meats on my side today. Thank God. He this feels nothing. He's completely neutral. I actually don't know a lot about War and All Friends. I don't read a lot of canons. Uh, boo on me. I write I've read all of competitive eschatology, though, in case you're interested. Um, but I really like this one because we just saw like a whole format screw. And this one gets more into the personal lives of the characters. Yeah. And actually introduces to you, like, there's a few puns. Honor has so many puns. The main <laughs> character's name is Paige, and she's made of, like, ink and stuff and paper, obviously. Her name is Paige Turner. Paige Turner. <laughs> That's Jesus right. Christ. Which hurts me, because <laughs> that is that is my name, and my teacher used to call me and another girl. Did you just, like, dox yourself? Dog. What's happening? No, this is completely public. <laughs> They used to call me us book. Well, it is now. Jeez. It was horrible. And then I read this and I was, it was just trauma flashing before my eyes. Oh. I mean, it's funny because, you know, that is a believable name, Paige Turner. Like, it, it, it you know, I, I'm sure there's people out there that have that name. Um, but yeah, in this context, yeah, they probably do hate I didn't even recognize the Turner part. Uh, you had to say that before. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't either. I was just looking at it on the page now, and I went, "Oh, fuck. well, it's yeah, such an ordinary name. Cool. Like, I mean, it is just such an ordinary name that you wouldn't even think twice about it." Yeah, which I was is... thinking Timmy Turner, like immediately. All right, uh, you know who Timmy Turner is, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thank God. No, I have no idea what we're talking about. I'm 36. Well, it's really on parents. I. Why would about? I? No, I was in college. No, I didn't. Everything can Watch Very Odd Parents. No. Go on about your stupid honorized stuff. <laughs> My stupid honorized stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so this one introduces the idea of the Nightmare Collective, and like it's you know just like it sounds. Um, only what's I interesting about this is that they yes. are. This is like a mobile thing. Like it's invading the Honorary West uh, and like kind of overriding or destroying it. Um, <clears throat> but what's interesting is that it's described in like a fairly like almost um dreamlike entity no i meant like like it has <laughs> personality or it has agency not like it's a natural phenomenon like, yeah it's, it's a dream ki it's a dream kaiju yeah exactly um, that's why it's war on our fronts <laughs> right yeah um because it says believed to be a non-intelligent but may possess uh, object creation physical modification Parasomnic capabilities. God, we just love our bullshit terms in this site. I don't even know what that word means. It's, Where you know, is it located? Somnic. So it's like paranatural sleep abilities. So. Oh, that's so awesome. This would be my favorite kaiju or whatever the word is. That's literally the word. That's the word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making sure I'm covering my tracks, okay? I got people in here after me. Kaiju or whatever. God. <laughs> what actually, is a kaiju? Um, dumb. Where's my gum? I need to chew louder. How have you assigned a California accent to it? 
Because it's well, funnier? Well, you're from California. You're from California. Yeah, yeah. thank oh, you, Oh, yeah. Because, so nice. like, it's just automatic. And I don't want to just, like, it. the other automatic ones are, like, offensive, so I don't use them. But who am I going to offend? Valley Girls? Like, whatever. It's fine. They don't have the technology to listen to podcasts either. <laughs> well, they're not <laughs> listening to this one. Phone. That's for sure. Also, the Valley's a terrible place. Anyway. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> Nothing. Just, uh, literally only people from Southern California would understand what that means. Um, so it says it's capable of disrupting nearby human dreamers, causing harm to non-corporeals, and raising lucidity insurance premiums by up to 26.3%. An estimated... Significant. That's a lot more. <laughs> An estimated 325 Onurai have been absorbed by the Nightmare Collective at time of writing. Despite this, the collective mind of Onurai West has taken no action, prompting some to speculate that the co collective may have suffered major internal damage. <laughs> Probably the 325 Onurai who just got eaten, but... Yeah, they just happen to be the leaders, so... <laughs> well, that's, that's the, the thing. Friends. There isn't really leaders, is there? Yeah. It's a collective. It's, it's, it's a collective, so the more, the more you get rid of, the less think there is. <laughs> what I think is funny is in yeah, this story, it's described in this way that's like, they should be doing something about that. And it's like, who's the they? Like, the <laughs> they is you. Like, it's everybody that's in this collective, right? Uh, but it, I mean, you know, it, and like you said, it's a very personal story about, you know, this relationship between two characters. Um, but, you know, set in this dream space, obviously. <clears throat> but. <clears throat> Why don't we talk about one of the many Flops articles? <laughs> oh, oh, God, do I love Flops? Oh, yeah. Flops articles are great. Flops articles are great. Flops, great. Uh, I know she's listening to this, and you're great, Flops, so deal with it. And the way we've chosen to uh, thank you for that is to read your articles in the raw order. That's right. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought it was funnier. <laughs> it's surreal. <laughs> uh, this one's Spilled Milk, which is a tale, and it's uh, about the Moose Fear, which you'll understand later in Broken Masquerade. A lot of these are in Broken Masquerade, actually. Uh, and it's that's about. That's place where would be set. <laughs> that's worth lingering on. Moosphere. Moosphere. Not the newest fear, the realm of ideas. That's right. The no. Moosphere. It's the, the, realm, I, the realm of milk. Moose. Ideas. <laughs> Milk ideas. Now, I'm trying to make that into a pun. It just won't work. Anyway. <laughs> just Let's just like like degrade into us saying the word milk for the next 45 <laughs> minutes and then be like, all right, guys, thanks. They're made out of milk, many milks. <laughs> if you don't understand us clearly, you haven't entered the moose sphere. That's right. There you go. Um, and this is about Ambrose. And Ambrose is sort of an anomalous restaurant. Um, there's it's a GOI too technically, but it's mostly just about this one business that kind of spreads out into the you know supernatural and paranatural world. But it's all restaurant based articles. Yep. Some of them are great. Some of them are a little boring, but they can be used in very funny ways, like it is here, which is that Ambrose is expanding into the dreamscape of Onoroy in partnership with Moosphere Inc. called Ambrose Mindscape. And I just want to read this part because I fucking love it. It's the the very beginning of it is just this announcement. For more than unknown in brackets, long ages, Moosphere Incorporated has been a forerunner in surrealistic dairy artisanship, a feast for more than 30 billion souls and counting. By the fruits of their very spirits, our well-trained oneric confectioners would like to serve you our many fresh ego-shattering delights. Mouthwatering cuisine is hard-coded in their DNA. We're sure of it. Feed your chocolate affirmations. Oh, mm, 
Vasimulgent one. Vasimulgent one. <laughs> for your benefit, Ambrose Restaurant has selected a hundred lucky folks for the from the Freeport's catchment area to come and feast. Join us. Please note the true name listed on your library card is required to enter. Don't forget to leave a review. <laughs> and then it is followed up by a bunch of reviews, which are fucking ridiculous. And the, the reviews best. are amazing. The reviews are they are the juice of the article. Oh, absolutely. Which is why I only want to talk about one of them, and then the rest just I think people should go read. It's a very short article, but it's very funny. And you really genuinely don't even need to know what Moose Fear is, which is why I didn't feel bad about including it up front. Uh, I feel I need to say, uh, as the person here who uh, grew up in Wisconsin and uh, is steeped in this vernacular, uh, vasemulgence is the act of milking a cow. <laughs> of course, it would be such a complex, crazy, sophisticated sounding word for one of the yes. oldest, simplest, <laughs> most agrarian activities we have. <laughs> what? That's amazing. Um... So I just want to talk about this first review because it's it's apparently a review from some eldritch Cthulhu-like monster. And it says, ever since I went to Ambrose Mindscapes, hashtag, I've been hallucinating so many worlds. Ugh. I've not had a panpsychmic? Panpsychismic? Panpsychismic? I don't even, what the fuck is that word? Panpsychismic? I'm having fun. This is good. Migraine. This bad in epochs. It's unbelievable. Thanks for appropriating Eldritch culture, fleshbag. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they do that to us? I know. Come on. Why don't you... I Ambrose like... has no respect for the Eldritch culture. It's ridiculous. I think Crab Lord has the best review. Crab Lord's review is definitely the best. All right. Well, you want to read it? <laughs> sure. Here's, here's Crab Lord's review. Chaz Ambrose is a bitch-ass grifter. He human peed in Crab Lord's parfait. Damn you to the depths. <laughs> I hope we all have favorites. Distinction of human pee. I know. Pee. He didn't pee, he human pee. <laughs> human pee. Yeah. It's important, okay? It's so I much worse than crab were, pee. I just love the ones that were just melting. That just, just, uh, they just oh, yeah. drew out their words. I was like, me too. <laughs> But yeah, this is really short, and it's absolutely worth a read, and it's like the perfect example of why Flops is kind of a genius, in my opinion. Just yep. just can make the most absolutely. utterly ridiculous stuff just seem like totally acceptable and hilarious. Absolutely. And then... I can only agree. Well, yeah, great. Aiko, do you want to agree as well, or just you want to be the odd voice out and tell no, my insult I friend? I, no, I... <laughs> Flops is not only great. <laughs> Flops is good. All right. Go on. Wow. And you know what? Even even more than that, I would be willing to say that they are great and good and okay. I would say they're perfectly acceptable. You, sh- you shut up about Flops like I'll that hairy blank. Perfectly cromulent. <laughs> exactly. That is not a topic to joke about. Vasimulgence. I don't. I, I just want to talk about that word. Vasimulgence. Vasimulgence. Like I. Wow. That's amazing. I just want to credit Flops for just looking up that word. <laughs> I don't think Flops looked it up. I think that it, just it knew inspired it. the No, it inspired the entire article. Like they had it in their mind for so long. Came to like, the you know? Moosphere. <laughs> That's right. Came out of the Moosphere. <laughs> uh, and then we're finally gonna talk about SCP. Oh my goodness. SCP five nine nine zero, which is out of my head, out of my mind, uh, which is also by Flops. Uh, and is also a, a broken masquerade on right. Um, 
And this is an occurrence where in the human mind and its corresponding physical housing, in, 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 in parentheses, the brain, undergo a rapid anomalous expansion. And they mean that literally, physically expanding. <laughs> and yes. here's a quote, most commonly causes migraines in the affected person, but on the extreme end, this leads to brain aneurysm, the rapid swelling of nervous tissue to many times its baseline size, and cascading psychic surges, among other unaccounted for anomalies. SCP-5990 is extremely rare, currently affecting roughly 71,000 persons per year, with 1 in 500 incidents being fatalities. And this reads like the like the warning label on a medication bottle. Yeah. Uh, and then the, I feel like the, like the next thing that you see is that, oh, actually the Foundation has been marking this since the 1980s. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, it's well, that's terrible. Um, and you, you would wonder, oh, well, why is it, you know, the Foundation, isn't it the Broken Masquerade? Well, it starts long, long before the Broken Masquerade, which I don't know if this is canon or not, or if that's just the date that flop said but it was 2013 is when the veil drops and so there's a whole timeline of developments concerning the condition and how it's first discovered and then how it's you know eventually found out by the foundation and then covered up um and then <laughs> the best part is that instead of them talking about the stresses of dealing with making this public they just talk about how the stresses of making everything public made this happen to one of the co-directors of the public relations <laughs> who has such a horrible case of this expanding brain thing that she suddenly develops ontokinetic powers, which is the reality warping stuff. And then Embla's brain inflates to in volume by 5,000% and explodes with a roughly 25 kilograms, kilograms of TNT equivalent blast, causing significant structural damage. I, I find what happened before her oh, got yeah. big to be much more worthy of commentary. Well, yes, <laughs> but I also her, thought it was her. a funny part, so I didn't want to read. Oh, so we, we just okay. We're going to read the parts that aren't funny. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's the only part that's not funny. You're right. We're gonna make these look as bad as possible. <laughs> no, so yeah. So those powers that she developed, like she starts affecting the people around her, and she does so in this really funny very like politically conscious commentary about the way that the foundation treats their employees she leaves a hershey's kiss on every desk i'm just gonna read this i don't oh. give a shit this article is full of good stuff yeah, yeah, read, go, 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 do it. or i'll spoil this one thing because it's funny yeah i'm, I'm not saying i shouldn't do it i'm just saying i didn't include it for that reason oh, you can still read chaos, it i will do it okay great i'm holding gregory back hurry All i right. don't care <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm doing this just to stick it to you, Gregory. You have to care. Okay, I, I'm I'm very upset. Please, please don't. Please, please don't. Okay, there we go. Shut up. Site director <laughs> Christian Darshan. Site director Christian Darshan, Embla's former superior, who she filed several undisclosed workplace reports against in the past, loses all bladder control. The door to his private quarters simultaneously disappears, transforming into a solid wall. Several hundred liters of urine flood the room. Site security recovers him nine hours later in soiled clothing. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> I could have never expected this. I when I was computer, was it? I feel like his computer was probably ruined. <laughs> A human peed everywhere. <laughs> <A> human peed. <laughs> That's the through line on an array. I would like. Yeah. I would like a nice like. Re, like call back to that where somebody later on crab peed. I think that would be really funny. 
Um, Flops, does, Flops has the not insignificant number of pee jokes uh, to her credit over the years. Yep. Thank God. Nothing funnier. No. That's right. Yeah. It's, the, it's the height of comedy. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, it, it, what's fun is that this keeps, like, happening more and more because of the Onoroi connection, because now, because of the mindscaping and so many people being aware of Onoroi and the practice becoming so much more common, um, the stresses on the human brain are causing this to happen, like, significantly higher percentage. Um, and what we're definitely not right, reading is the final ridiculous note, because... Of course not. It is... It is absolutely the trope of a final note, and yet it is such a spit in the face of the trope, it, or at least a spit in the face of what everyone else tries to use the final note for. Like, instead of it being like, and here's the thing that's going to cinch it all together, it's just this complete fucking insane tangent in the best way possible. If you liked the P, you'll love the final note. Yes. Um, Aiko, did you recommend the Japanese article i did yes well, okay well and why I, don't I you do so with enthusiasm yeah i really liked it so why this don't you explain one. it like this one okay okay so this is scp 2507 jp it comes from the japanese branch by i'm gonna butcher this tanayama no that's not um, a butcher <laughs> not yeah, that's I not bad argue that i probably didn't say it right but right you know, but you know it's not a butchering um it's called jump scaring ghosts and I'm just going to completely cut the logical part and get back to that by telling you that there are 200 million instances. <laughs> which, is... <laughs> which is absurd. It's not only absurd, it's like, wait, these are these are ghosts and there's that many, like, it feels like you're being set up for like some really horrific article and it's really not that. Yeah, it's it's not. So it's it's about like these essentially in the when you dream there's these little funny little ghost guys literally sheets mm -hmm. like they're just like they're, like if you took a png of like just some corporate's drawing of a ghost and you just put it in a room that's what it is and the, the um, image in this article is fucking great it's so it's so cute at first i looked at it and i was like this is going to be horrific and then i got to the end and i was like oh so mm -hmm. it, essentially it will attach to like nightmare entities in someone else's dream and it will kind of i i don't know how they describe it i suppose it's like they they it interjects and makes their scares a little less and it wins from that yeah it, it feeds it, off that it, it finds things that are legitimately huge horrifying and scary and then while you're dealing with that it shows up and goes boo in front of you. <laughs> the effect with. It's so good because they're like, oh, because of the way it looks, it's not actually that scary. So they try to like follow the activities of like the genuinely scary things. And then the timing is always so bad that it makes people go, oh my God, wait a minute. What the fuck is going on? Is this a dream? And then they wake up. <laughs> it's so cute. I, and I hope they're happy. I hope that's a good thing for them. <laughs> They, they get to do. Not like, they they do the jump scares, know, like, so they're happy. I'm sure. They do. I know, but maybe the bigger monsters bully them. <laughs> See, this is the this is what we were talking about, where you don't always need to show everybody all the details. There are no logs here. There is no yeah. description of any mm -hmm. of these things actually happening. It just goes. Here's what it's like, and you go, "Oh God, that would be great." <laughs> I turn it depressing for myself. I think these of course you they're so, they're so cute, Harry. They are so cute. The image does like fucking wonders here because if there was the you know the description and everything else is still really good, the writing is really good, 
But that image takes you right over the line, I think, into like brilliant because it's just so fucking cute. Like it's mm-hmm. you're like, wait, and then the lighting is so spooky. It's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mentioned it's a JP article. I'm going to slowly slide in here and say JP has their own Onaroi hub and their own thing. And it's so good. And a lot of their Onaroi stuff is fantastic. A lot of their stuff, period, is fantastic. Period. I'm, I'm here to talk Onaroi, and I've read everything, and I have talked to the person who made the hub, and I, I'm obsessed with them, and they, they write great stuff. Oh my god, I love it. And I had to give one. It's so cute. Oh, I'm glad you did. It's so good. Absolutely. It's Visit so the International fun. Translation Archive and read some stuff. It's good. Yeah, and I mean, I've mentioned before that the only ones I'm, like, fairly familiar with are the Japanese and the Korean branches, but... There's so much good stuff in there. Um, we gotta make an effort to include more of them, honestly. We made yeah, the IMT thing for a reason. Go use it. Go read it. Mm-hmm. Well said. Uh, so, Meats, we have an article here by you. Oh, that's weird. Isn't I know. Who suggested this that. shit? Jeez. Uh, I think the oh. first time we talked... I, did I crit this? I remember reading this. Here. Maybe you just like linked it to me i'm not sure this is one of my favorite articles on the scp wiki and i only read it today (laughs) this is so good this is so fucking good it's a fever dream of iron chef yes 4497 is uh if you've seen the show iron chef america or iron chef its original japanese uh father material uh it is that uh melded with a horrific dreamscape uh, where anything is possible uh, and we follow um, a poor researcher who is uh, just uh, casually afterly projecting and uh, he makes an Onoroi buddy and they check out Kitchen Stadium uh, and he just uh, throws his hand in and uh, accidentally wins uh, and we find out that what he won is transferable to real space uh, and it gives the person the power to cook anything, even theoretically edible. Uh, they can make it into a gourmet meal. Uh, and you can also apparently uh, lose it uh, by uh, random subjective statements like, oh yeah, this other person's is better. Uh, so it's a problem to keep a hold of this thing. So you have to keep going back into Kitchen Stadium. In your uh, dreams. So we, in your dreams, you have to go into Kitchen Stadium and defend and or win your title. And if you lose your title, oh, by the way, uh, you're banished from REM sleep forever. So that's <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> And you did that to your delete author you from dreams. Yeah, I did that to my author avatar, who I have to say, um, this article is actually what prompted me to name them. Dr. Manny Eats? Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> where I decided. I just leaned into everything I could find to lean into, and uh, this is the article that did it. That God, got it leans so hard. Them. I love it. <laughs> It's so good. Uh, I, I like the title a lot. Whose Cuisine Reigns Supreme? Uh, which is famously a line that the chairman mm-hmm. says at the start of uh, every Iron Chef episode uh, before he shows them the secret ingredient, which in this article is Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> it's such a good article. It's so funny. It's wall-to-wall hilarious. I have, there's, I I'm looking at a section, and if there aren't anything anybody else wants to read i want to read part Go of for this. it just just a part of this and uh, this is 
completely, uh, I'm not going to contextualize it. I'm just going to read this. This is right in the middle of a log, not going to explain where it comes in. Agent Sokolov says, Okay, first we have our appetizer. This is a callback to the greatest heretics of southern France, our take on a sort of charcuterie board. We have a thinly sliced, nice and fatty inquisitor belly that's been grinded in a Dead Sea marinade and then just really quickly been raked over the conceptual essence of a torturer's rack. That's served with thin, crispy, compressed slices of Cardinal Richelieu's beard. Cheese is a sharp cheddar from the Mayor Fragoris region of Luna. And the wine isn't wine at all. It's distilled heresy, which, turns out, has the same properties and flavor profile of Pinot Noir. <laughs> cuts to the judges are interspersed as they begin to eat the appetizer. First judge appears to be a direct representation of Alexander Hamilton, except he's a two-meter-tall Komodo dragon. The second judge is a one-meter-wide disembodied head of Salvador Dali, his mustache twisted into a Mobius strip. And the third judge is a completely hairless Guy Fieri adorned with sunglasses. It's amazing. It's such a good article. How many gold many maids? It's fucking great. It's really good. Absolutely. So good. Uh, it is probably understandably my highest rated piece. I think deservedly so. It should be twice as highly rated as it is. It's so good. Uh, it hid uh, for a long time until a very nice fellow who went by the name Kindly Turtle Clem. Oh. Uh, put it on a feature spotlight and uh, then it gained like a hundred in two days. Wow. <laughs> features Amazing. are great. Front page features are great. Apparently so was time to, uh, Kindly Turtle Clem because every time they're ever mentioned everybody goes, oh I'm sad they're not here and they talk about how much they like. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed their work uh, and uh, I like to toss stuff back with them and uh, I don't know if they ever uh, mosey back to the site under a different name and then just uh, didn't tell anyone uh, but maybe <laughs> they did. It sounds, like, it sounds like such a crazy statement that you are suggesting it happen. Uh, yeah, nobody's ever wandered back to the site before under a different name anonymously. No. Not a thing anyone's ever done. Definitely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. Clem, and when they Clem do, was great. If they do do it, they never get discovered. Uh, truly. One of the great mysteries of our time. Yeah. God, it sounds like we, we know something, and I, I don't. No hey guys, I have to tell you something. Um, mm -hmm. My old account is DJ Cactus. I'm sorry. You should be sorry. I'm not even sure how the timeline yeah. works on that one. To be honest. <laughs> hey, don't worry about it. So anyway, it's a great article. 44.97. Everybody should read it. Yes. Uh, Operation Snackdown uh, <laughs> is the name of the, the MTF mission. That's so good. <laughs> uh. Uh, I think Flops, uh, which uh, we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, Flops' other Moosphere article has a better uh, mission name in it, but only slightly. MTF names are so much fun. And mission names and operation names and titles and shit, like, that's always so much fun, because you could just say the stupidest shit. Embrace <laughs> the absurd, people. Exactly. You'll live longer. You can critique it. Well, they could, but... Yeah. It's invalid. They can, but it'll just make them look bad. So. Yeah, exactly. You why? They'd be like, "Uh, I don't like. Why did they say this? Because it, it's funny. I don't. What's the problem?" <laughs> um, so yeah. Speaking of flops, we got two more. We're doing four of flops articles, but that's not a bad thing. We work uh, together to make this the flops episode. That's right. Uh, wow, so she deserves it. She does. Uh, she does. Critter profile Bartholomew. 
Bartholomew? Jesus. Bartholomew. So sweet. So adorable. So adorable is also a beluga whale that can jump very high and fell from the sky. And I (laughs) didn't mean to rhyme, but uh, but of course. And this is like one in like sort of an unofficial series where like Wilson's has an interesting connection with uh, some other GOI. It's not actually a series, but um, where the Onoroi has like interesting because who else would create Onoroi, create a flying uh, beluga whale that eats words and ideas? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And also, Fobbs pointed out that this is technically Onoroi Inc. from Third Law. Um, which I mostly avoided using those articles because at some point we're going to talk about Third Law, which there's no way that we'll do everything, but it's a completely <laughs> different ass. Yeah, it's a really deep and dense. It's the biggest canon, canon on the site. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. you know, just in case we did. So, uh, yeah. So Bart's one of a kind because he feeds only on the spoken word. If you greet him with a joyous "Hello, friendo," he'll open that big old mouth of his and suck your words right in. When this happens, don't be shy. That's how he signals to you that he accepts you near his home. Isn't that nice? <laughs> I like it's how so horrifying. Yeah, they're so okay with this happening. They're just like, oh, isn't this cute? And it's like, no. <laughs> that sounds worse than him eating you. <laughs> Eat my words out of your mouth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it, cuts, it cuts between cute and scary, even like from the beginning. Like, name. Bartholomew, a.k.a. Bart the Beyonder, Fable Song of the Library, the Cosmic Mouth, and the Merchant of Morphemes and Phonemes. The Cosmic Mouth. Um, There's a picture of a fucking stupid beluga whale's face right next to it. It's so perfect. Which is a fairly stupid looking whale. It's not good. Oh, God, they're stupid looking. <laughs> um, and the best part is, is when they talk about like it coming from the sky, it literally slammed through the... Mo- I don't... I don't know this. Multnomah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not familiar with the Oregon's, but Multnomah. Yeah, Multnomah County Central Library's historic brick facade, and wound up stuck in a bookshelf. (laughs) Um, But the the weird thing about it, another weird thing, but the the really spooky thing is that people that are writing this article keep having to like beg off sick, or suddenly they don't remember what happened, or they're writing a later entry and they don't like recall anything that they just wrote and it's like not only are they eat is this whale eating your words it's eating your fucking memories and they don't seem to be alarmed not about at all what they do in the in between not, uh, at not all. only the act of losing these things but uh, they have the retrospective awareness of the things that they're doing and they still don't care <laughs> see that's the part of the beauty of this for me is the way that works in a completely different sense if you take it take a different tack to it because it's written by all these different people who don't always remember what's going on or how they got to places and sometimes the narrator changes and the location changes it feels the way having a dream feels yes <laughs> so, yeah so then the narrative gets less and less coherent and starts jumping around towards the end because dreams I actually think there's even a, I mean that's an excellent point I think there's actually even a different layer to it which is this is a very different perspective on like a murder monster story or not an actual murder monster but something like genuinely like fucking scary this creature eats words and eats memories and from a you can totally imagine this done as like a very serious article from a different perspective that would be really creepy or at least attempting to be and instead this is just cute 
Yep. It's heartwarming and horrifying. And that's that's hard to do. And they did a great job. Flops is good at that. Flops is good at that. Wilson's a, Wilson's wildlife formats are generally good at that. Yeah, because they, the like normal tone of them being very happy and excited about whatever the critter is. And then it's just like, well, they just happen to have these weird anomalous effects. And the, the pitch of the format makes them stay short uh, before you uh, ruin the horror. Yep. What do you mean? Uh, generally, if you're trying to be spooky, the more you talk, the worse it gets. <laughs> right. Uh, most people are their own enemy in that regard, uh, and the format stops people from doing that. That's fair. That's true. I mean, certainly people can uh, transcend that limitation and uh, do the good words, but uh, yeah, I don't know how many folks the format helps. How many long Wilson's formats I've seen, but I yeah. think the number might be zero. I feel like I remember seeing one, but yeah, it's it, it, incredibly rare. I put license boxes on almost all of them. Yeah, fair so enough. I think I, remember, I think I remember seeing almost all. I see I put license box on this one, and. They're almost universally one or two page scrolls long. We love and, to see it. And then we all died. Sorry. I, I love that whale so much. I yawned, so that's why I was quiet. I was just covering the mic. I, I like the uh, collaborative part of this where the people inside uh, get a gnat full of books together for this uh, whale <laughs> to pack its lunch bag for its uh, long journey across the stars. And uh, everybody's pitched in, uh, whether they know it or not. <laughs> and the best part is, by the end, like they're like, we don't even really what there was a whale. <laughs> I'm very sad we don't have a whale that I don't remember anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't remember having a whale, but I feel the hole that it left when it left. The last sentence was super sad to me. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's that it got quiet, like I'm supposed to read it or something. At... No. I mean, you can if you want. If I didn't, that'd be so so good for all the people listening right now. Actually, yeah. make that your incentive. Go read the article. Well, yeah, in general. You want to know what the, you want to know what the line is, don't you? Don't you? Back at home. Yeah, this one's packed full of like really clever tidbits, and because it's all written from these very like grounded like perspective of volunteers at wilson's it, it's got a very different perspective than a lot of articles on the site which is good about wilson's in general um but like i said this is could just be a really horrific like fridge horror laden fucking eldritch fucking storyline and instead it's just oh it's cute whale is <laughs> it <laughs> Or is it exactly like you? I definitely get the feeling that like the whale is like a hundred percent aware of what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so another one by Flops, which is SCP three seven three nine, which is Mind Milk by Muosphere, uh, which is where the Muosphere, I think, first showed up. Um, yes, this is the flagship Muosphere article. And there's mm -hmm. and there was even a more recent one, which we're not going to talk about here, but mostly because. Talking about it isn't really that helpful. I think it's 6750. Uh, 6705. 6705. Sorry, I got the numbers mixed up. Uh, because there's these incredible video components, and people just need to go fucking watch this shit. It's fucking incredible. Um, it's but, a labor of love, to be sure. Oh my god, it's it, so funny. Yes. Uh, 
the last one is <laughs> I died. Um, SC and I'm just going to read a bunch of this. SCP-3739 is a cognohazardous vector spreading into human perception via hidden advertisements which target the worldwide paranormal market. Moosphere Incorporated, a gestalt thought-based dairy corporation threatening an impending CK classes CK class restructuring event. Moosphere uses microscopy technologies ordinarily used to transmit images visible only at 300 microns to produce invasive cognohazardous catchphrases designated as dash one. These instances are brand archetypes that anchor themselves onto symbols and signals already embedded in the consciousness of humanity. Transmission occurs when humans are unconscious. SCP-3739's archetypes and its related bovine motifs are only visible in REM sleep. <laughs> Moosphere's mass neurological advertisement campaign connects to a chain of legitimate products, both real and dream-based, produced by the human subconscious and esoteric sources. A significant sum of Moosphere's products come from the neural and, and mimetic pathways of its market base. Moosphere. They're milking you. <laughs> That's right, they're milking you. Moosphere ectoentropically generates 31% of its flagship product, Mind Milk, TM, from the hypothalamus and pineal gland, hormone release centers, respectively, while a metaphysical source secretes the remaining 69%. Regular consumers, <laughs> regular nice. consumers, <laughs> nice. Regular consumers of Moosphere products develop milk curdle buildup on portions of cerebral tissue, with which further influences consumers to use Moosphere products, but does not otherwise negatively affect their health. <laughs> they got milk on the brain. They have milk on the brain. <laughs> and then they're in a collapsible. There's this fucking quarantine ad, which is pasted up against a really excellent picture of the moon. It says, our dairy may not literally be from the moon, but there is a remote possibility that the same photons in your eyes could end up on the surface of the Mare Ibrium. Now that's what I call mind power, TM. Now available with every shipment of mind milk, TM. <laughs> that's particularly funny because, um, Mare Ibrium, which one is that? Is that the Sea of Tears? I think so. Let's ask Google because you're going to hear that I'm typing anyway. Yeah, go on. It is. It's the Sea of Showers and the Sea of Rain. So yeah, your eyes end up on the Sea of Showers. <laughs> <laughs> so there's milk on your brain and your eyes are on the moon. <laughs> reminds me, it's like the reverse uh, Scott Pilgrim thing when he's trying to explain his vegan powers. It's because he doesn't eat dairy and the rest of his brain is freed up. Uh, but in this instance, That's right. you get powers from having your brain full of dairy. And most of those powers are used to produce product for Moosphere Inc. Yeah. They're milking you. Uh, and this has Operation Lactose Intolerance down here. <laughs> uh, with a really, really long MTF mission uh, to destroy the Medi-Cow uh, responsible. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, very strange. Um, this this one takes... Uh, I mean, the it's a it's a full-on action movie at the end, the latter part of the uh, the MTF log. It's a full-on action movie. Uh, lots of production value uh, in what's going on on screen, so to speak. Uh, and then it, it gets even weirder at the end, and it's um, I don't know. It's an incredibly broken masquerade in the best way. Um. I just, you couldn't have chosen a better place to put this than, than Broken Masquerade. Right. Yeah, and the part that I read is literally just the very beginning of it. 
And because of that excellent log and, and the other places that some of the addendums go to, it just feels like such a... I don't want to spoil anything other than just the premise, which the premise alone is so fucking ridiculous. The part that I just read is so ridiculous that it's like, and guess what? It goes way stranger. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the mega cow is just, it's, it's, it's on both. It's in both ways, fucking hilarious and also a nightmare. It's just like, yeah. Endless nightmare imagery. Cow theme. <laughs> I just like that I fucking realized while reading it that it means you literally have milk on the brain. <laughs> oh, wait. Here's one line. I'll, I've got one line. I'll mm -hmm. read one line. A I cow know. comes into view, mooing. Etheric emission flows from its posterior, <laughs> consistent with bovine flatulence. That's, that's, that's perfectly clinical. That's so disturbing. <laughs> emissions. Can you imagine a more banal line than a cow comes into view, mooing, and then followed by that? Sorry, uh, Aiko, what were you trying to say? As I said, do you think there's ever a time in the Foundation where they're like, maybe we shouldn't be clinical about this one? What's the line? Like, when are they like, maybe it would be better if someone read this sentence and actually understood it? Well, you know what? I bet you there's probably a word for mooing, and odds are Meats knows what it is. Vocalizing? Wow. What, yeah, what a called, bovine vocalizing would make sense. Yeah, what do they call mooing in, in um, Wisconsin? Uh, well, we're just going to go with mooing. <laughs> That's the, I, I don't know, special word. We don't care what mooing. they do. We care what we do. That's why we have a fancy word for milking, yeah. but they just uh, moo. Bear in mind, uh, something I always think about with uh, why they would they would choose to write stuff clinically like this is uh, ostensibly a lot of this stuff is a video log that some poor schmuck in the foundation <laughs> has to watch and then transcribe into words. And then they don't transcribe it in the way that transcriptions are normally done, though. I mean, the clinical transcription is actually, like... I mean, Aiko's right. Like, it's actually, like, anti-communicative. <laughs> it's just well, like, part of the trope mean... of, like, SCP, which, you know, we all love. We're here for a reason. But yeah. in, in reality, it would be a problem. A human yes. being not only had to transcribe this, but they actually took the time to find the clinical way to describe <laughs> it, which means this person had a hell of a day at work. I know we're oh, already feeling, but how did mm. how did you just pronounce my name? Go on. Aiko. You? Aiko. Aiko? Yeah, Aiko. Everyone else says it right, but Gregory, you had it right for so long, and then you said Aiko, and my brain yeah. immediately went yeah. to kill mode. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. Oh, no. Are you the Chris one who's saying you don't know yeah. how to pronounce things right at the beginning? Hey, Didn't you also name, say you okay. don't like talking about pronouncing things? Yeah. Are you, you, this is the second Wasn't time that you? on the podcast, Abby. <laughs> this is so sad. This is my name. This is the only thing Kyle. I have. Lux. I Just going to call Lux. you Lux from now on. No, that oh makes, you sound, too, makes you sound too bright. Right. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> See, she thought she was going to come on here and abuse us, but we turned the tables. You know what? You and your stupid victim, BKTM. It's proper. It's nice. It, either one is acceptable, but I made it no, up so I can call that. whatever I want. I was well, weird the first time I heard him say victim. Yeah, every time I heard, I listened to the podcast for the first time as a victim, I was like, no, 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 this is not, I actually messaged him very angrily. People, I, I'm sort of blown away that more people didn't realize it, honestly. Like, I noticed it, I just didn't call it that. Oh, well. 
Yeah, it's just like, it's VKTM. I mean, I'm pretty sure I can call it whatever I want. <laughs> I made it up. No. Odds are. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, Meets, you, you recommended this pretty fucking crazy article by Nat Voltaic, uh, which is SCP-4137, Hyperaxial Nintendo Core Overdose. <laughs> so uh, I did. Uh, this is this uh, a less... Yeah, this is a less uh, obvious inclusion in this list. Um, essentially what it is, uh, it's uh, the concept of a Tesseract and gaming crossing over. Uh, we Retro have gaming. A camper van. Yeah, we have a camper van uh, that's got a gaming console inside of it um, stuck to the wall, where if you do the right rituals uh, and... Uh, the proper gestures you turn this thing on and you wind up gaming inside of a tesseract <laughs> um which is understandably really freaking weird because we're in a we're three plus one beings and a tesseract is a, a fourth dimensional space um so uh, that's not really a thing that uh, can be described well because we're three-dimensional beings uh, but this article uh, actually does a pretty nice job of talking about uh, you have an XYZ and W access. <laughs> and, uh, there's a fight in there where yep. we're trailing after the people who uh, possess this device, which is activated by doing the Konami code, by the way. Yep. Yep. Uh, do the Konami code on the interior dash of this camper van and vocalize uh, fuck the jailers. <laughs> And then you can go into the back and uh, try to fight inside of a 4D space. This log uh, it's really, is so good. Great. Yeah, it's um, it's a difficult concept to turn into anything with a log. So just approaching this at all is really brave. Uh, but this happens to knock it out of the park with the, the log. It's just disorientation. Utter mm -hmm. complete spatial disorientation described but then also using that horrible like space that is hard to describe to try and place as a setting for a shootout <laughs> yes yes there's a line in there about um we lose an mtf member uh in a firefight inside there and uh we literally lose them because there's a line in there about how uh, the coordinates of their body are unknown you can't just like look at the body and see where it is because you can't draw a straight three-dimensional line because um, you got an extra axis to worry about that we don't understand how to navigate yeah uh, so it's just some some extra strange little places for horror to live in there and uh, the the question then is how does this relate to the owner right mm -hmm. um using this device uh produces uh paradrugs, um, paranatural drugs, uh, which the people who use this thing then sell off, and these drugs have various effects. And um, the implications of some of those drugs and the effects they have are uh, what I take to mean that they basically induced multiplayer with Onoroi. Um, so you take this paranatural uh, basically morphine analog and you're able to play tesseract nintendo with onoroi <laughs> yes um and it comes to the thing that uh, we talked about uh in the way back in this podcast about how 
different spaces can interact with each other. Higher mm -hmm. levels mm -hmm. of reality running into lower levels. Um, Tesseracts being a four-dimensional thing is obviously a level above uh, us threebies. So right there you have that, that obvious physical intrusion. Um, but that's like a vector for Onoroi to interact with our meat space too. Um, and there are other features of the van. Um, I think there's one part in there that talks about how um, they tried to like destroy the tires to stop them from taking off. Uh, but the way that the van is designed is uh, the tires are actually existing in a higher dimension, and they're a, a cylinder in a higher dimension. So if you destroy the tires in our space, the cylinder just slides further down, and there are tires again. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a whole bunch of weird stuff like that that is uh, a very difficult to understand, but also somehow uh, poignant representation of uh, the type of material that you can play with in an article that deals with the Oneroy that's um, free. Uh, it's free real estate. Um, <laughs> if you are brave enough to uh, tackle it. And the beautiful thing about that territory is you can be wrong um, with respect to physics and math and <clears throat> you can just say dream logic and yeah. can stop you. <laughs> uh, I love fuck about that shit, even though I don't typically write it specifically about dream logic, just like, no, th this just happens. Option is there. This just happens. Deal with yep. it. <laughs> well, how did that happen? It's anomalous. Shut up. Deal with it. Or my favorite word, uh, my favorite sentence to reply to questions like that. I left that as an exercise for the reader. <laughs> oh my god, I almost just spit out my coffee. <laughs> That's good. Um, one aspect of this article that I wanted to point out, which is pretty obvious if you if you're to pull it up, is this list of like recovered items from inside the camper van and. I swear to God, every one of these items could be its own, like, Series 1 or Series 2 SCP article. And some of them have, like, genuine potential to be something else. And instead, it's just, like, a five or six word line. It's just so fucking great. Like, there's, like, a Super... One of those Nintendo Super Scopes, which was the, like, light gun for the Super Nintendo. And there's, like, a very serious note at the end of that sentence. Do not use with the NS with the Super Nintendo. <laughs> it's like, wait, well, what happened? I don't know. <laughs> well, it's I because it, it's why that warning note had to get made. It's because the super scope shoots real projectiles, not normally. This mm -hmm. one, the real one, believe it or not, did not shoot real projectiles. Believe it or not, this toy did not actually shoot projectiles. <laughs> I didn't That's have a super, scope. super scope. I did uh, not. I didn't own one, but my neighbors had one. I remember. I only remember two games. There was a Yoshi there was game. Only two there was games. a Terminator game. Oh no, there wasn't. There was another game, but yeah, there isn't a lot of them. Um, to be honest, there wasn't a lot of them for the SNES either. There were more, but there wasn't a lot. It just, you just played Duck Hunt again. You said SNES, you meant the NES. Oh yeah, the, the NES. Yeah, yeah. yeah the right. original Light Gun, which was a lot of fun when I was a kid, but like, you just kind of played Duck Hunt, and then that fucking dog showed up, and then you played yeah. Duck Hunt again, and then you were like, you know what? I'm gonna play something else. It's even more fun nowadays if you try to play it with an NES well, with a new television because it doesn't do anything. It just becomes Duck Watch. Yep, doesn't work. Technology has overcome it. The worst pair watch article. 
Dog watch. Dog watch. <laughs> All right. So SCP-2272, which is Alice Canastoda? Can I don't know how to say this word. Canis- That's amazing. Is that, is that the title? Yeah. Alice Canastoda. Alice Canastoda P. Pensacola Blue Wahoos by Kate McDriss, who is one of my favorites. Um, I'm just going to read like the opening lines and then we can talk about the article in a more meta way. But SCP-2272 is a phenomenon currently affecting the AA minor league baseball team known as the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. The phenomenon manifests as a player who does not exist. Blue Wahoo starting pitcher Ellis Canastota, appearing in game records, statistical compilations, and in memories of Blue Wahoo's games since 2000 and blank. All attendees of Blue Wahoo's games in which Canastota is purported to play experience an apparent collective visual hallucination of Ellis Canastota pitching, batting, and fielding, and a baseball game proceeding as normal. <laughs> My favorite part is later on they talk about even the recordings are hallucinating. Like, he's even showing up on when they've recorded it. Uh, It's a shared hallucination of a baseball player that everyone and everything uh, is actually experiencing. And this fictional person, apparently, in in his stats, went to Honore High School in Utica, W.O., which isn't a place. (laughs) One wonders if that's somehow West Onero, if they've just flipped it around. Right, yeah. Yeah, it. Uh, I believe uh, somewhere in the article it says, uh, you know, it's just an invalid country code. But yes, yeah, I, I have to think that that's uh, on right west. Yeah. yeah, yeah, almost certainly. So, so it's it's a dream baseball player who is playing baseball in the real world. <laughs> My favorite part is that it's just it doesn't exist, but everyone who watches it thinks he does. <laughs> uh, they have to go through the trouble of uh, like double blind satellite surveillance to 100% confirm that this player isn't physically on the field. <laughs> like they, they check like heat signatures to account for where people are and uh, this there's an absence of information where uh, Ellis is supposed to be. <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and the people who are watching, I think they, the... the the imagery where they take a picture of the sporting event, they confirm that the people who think they're watching the baseball player, their eyes aren't even open. <laughs> <laughs> We're dreaming the baseball player in the middle of the real baseball game. And it ends with initial containment procedures for SCP-2272 orchestrated the appointment of field agent Robert Potsdam as general manager of the Pensacola Buwahoos with the intent to trade Ellis Canisota to a foundation-controlled summer league baseball team. Because there's a foundation-controlled summer baseball. Of course there is. Of course there is. (laughs) To contain the SCP's effects. The evening after his appointment as general manager, Agent Potsdam was found comatose in his bed after suffering apparent blunt force trauma to the head. All foundation staffers within approximately 40 kilometers radius of Agent Potsdam's location reported experiencing the same dream that evening. Foundation staffers reported sitting in the stands of a baseball stadium and viewing viewing Ellis Canisota throwing a fastball at the head of the man who was bound. Uh, so ridiculous. Beautiful. Mom betrayed <laughs> <Never>. obviously. <clears throat> That's right. Then, this is just a simple, pure uh, Onroy in action. But in the real world. Because it's, uh, yeah, uh, an invasion of a real thing uh, by a very straightforward concept that still, uh, even beyond all that, has a lot of layers because uh, a critical, I guess, a subgenre of uh, 
absurdism and surrealism is people trying to make sense of it and then that producing further absurdity <laughs> and surreality. Uh, and this article is, you know, it's exactly that. We uh, There's the, the slight dip into the trope of the foundation tries but just makes it worse mm-hmm. but you know only a little bit because it's a time we just get one guy knocked out with a fastball <laughs> uh, and then we're like okay uh you know this is a baseball game what the fuck are we trying to destroy the world over for this uh, <laughs> you stay there buddy it's like uh, there's literally that. no threat to no to to normalcy everyone everyone to exist on right. a minor league baseball team <laughs> just let him <laughs> And like the 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 implication is like think about what kind of effect something with this sort of ability could have, and all they're choosing to do is play out their fantasy of being a minor league baseball pitcher. Yep. I think we're all right. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Just let it happen. And then to I close like that out, it decided to sorry. Like... Say oh, it. Sorry, say it again. I just like that it decided to attack them. Like, oh, yeah. I, I couldn't really see a reason as to why it would, because they were just, like, letting it, but it chose to. And I was like, yeah. Because <laughs> he doesn't want to be traded. Apparently, he's a big fan. Hey, wow. all right. I wouldn't want to leave Pensacola, either. He wants to be a Blue Wahoo. Who right. wouldn't? I would, too. I mean, I don't want to live in Florida, but you guys have fun. I mean, he doesn't actually live in Well, that's true. <laughs> He just plays baseball. He just plays baseball there. He pretend plays baseball there. And then, probably. uh, To close out, we're going to talk about one by Famine Pulse, who I swear I've talked to Famine Pulse like, I don't know how many times. And he's brought up on our multiple times. And at first, I was not going to have one on on this list. And that is a crime. So we've got this one, which is Jupania, I'm I'm guessing. Hashtag Jupania. I always called it Zeopania. Zeopania? Okay. Zeopania? Uh, which is a collective unco- a collective consciousness originating from Poland, Ki Chao, <coughs> excuse me, and currently based in one Jason Graham. Jason Graham is the capital. Jupan is the largest city. <laughs> which is just the opening lines, and it's just like, and in my commentary, it's just immediately, I'm, what the fuck? <laughs> um... And yep, like that's the premise, the, uh, deal with it. Yep. And like uh, the previous one, which was the hotheads, my head is on fire, and I'm okay with that. Uh, this one starts off kind of like with a Wikipedia overview, and then breaks down into um, different like social media posts. And I just kind of wanted to read the Wikipedia part because it sets up everything that happens later. But it itself is just quintessential famine pulse nonsense. But Instead of being horrifying, this time it's kind of funny. Not kind of funny, it's funny. But my point is is that oftentimes he goes for, uh, like, unsettling. And this is just hilarious. Jupan, which, as you remember, is the largest city, and all other states of Jupania are derivative states of Jason Graham. (laughs) (laughs) Each, in essence, identical to the capital, Jason Graham. Roughly 60 derivative Jupanian states are known to exist across 60 different hosts. Jupanian states are 1,212 square miles in area and adhere to a continuum, looping in the, into themselves. The geography of Jupanian state consists of a floating, temperate archipelago. Day and night cycles are extremely erratic and depend on government discretion. <laughs> there is no light source in Jupania, but a, ter- but a Terran amount... 
approximation of a starlit sky that increases in brightness depending on time of day. This archipelago floats and rests over and under 35 meters of void space. 35 meters. Uh, I love the combination of miles square. (laughs) Yes. Juponia is a concrete low fantasy and individuals powers within Juponia are semi-mundane. The modifying of one's physical appearance, object creation, and mobility are inhibited. Corporeal entities require government authorization to wake and are often treated as indentured (laughs) servants or second class citizens. (laughs) Government authorization to wake and the weather so everything is like like part of this dictatorship Japanian no Japania maintains low literacy life expectancy education levels and is one of the least visited nations the origin <laughs> the origin state of Japan Kishao is grounded in a mentally unstable host and as such causes new Japanian hosts to experience similar problems Nightmares and terrors frequently plague Japania, and in some extreme cases, Japanian states have caused the death of their hosts due to infighting and violence occurring during parasomnic events. Difficulties in the capital are irritated even further due to the fact that the nation's host is aware of its presence and frequently attempts to conquer the region during lucid <laughs> dreams. <laughs> Emperor Kishao, while corporeal, was suffering from brain cancer, and during the end of her life was researching the Onoroi joining technique. Although denied by Kishao, the act of inhabiting Jason Graham is considered an act of desperation. <laughs> Not much else is known about Kishao, as shortly after initial contact with Onoroi West, access to Jupania was restricted. Onoroi West beings attempting to access Jupania are met with lethal force. While capital punishment is illegal in Jupania, corporeal criminals and invalids are often deported without properly separating from their hosts, causing their hosts subconscious to emulate Jupanian states and thus propagating their spread. <laughs> Just like dream slavery. Yeah, and it only gets worse, exactly. <laughs> uh, because the next bit is like it's, they call it an excerpt from 1,000 Years in Japania, which is sort of like a tourist like discussion of like experiencing it, like a travelogue almost. Um, and I'm just only going to read part of it because it's just quotes from the emperor. And I found corporeals wandering around the marble terraces of the southern archipelago, relayed to me by one of my subjects. They were doing a bit of sightseeing. My kingdom... Jason is very handsome, you see, and I'm not warm to this tourism, nor do I allow it. So I went to them. The many rows of Keishao's teeth began to rotate in spirals from her lips to deep within her throat as she describes their punishment to me. It's only a dream. I cannot be bothered with this. What real crime am I committing on corporeals? People wake up and they live their lives. So what if they're part of my network? People do not want their subconscious, their shadows. People do not want to accept who they truly are. But I know what you're going to ask me. What about beings without bodies to return to? Am I not killing? Surely. I am, am I ending their lives? Of course. <laughs> just so you know, uh, two, a, a thousand years in Zipania just translates to like six months. <laughs> oh, right. The time differential. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> and then, it, yeah, like you said, it gets worse because there's like a news article about a Onorai West dignitary being arrested for tourism acts. <laughs> and by the end the emperor is just murdering people by the thousands like five thousand a day and then there's like a giant standoff between onoroi west and and the forces of jupania and it's just it's like what if 
because when they when you're first talking about this stuff about the Onoroi collective it has like the flavor of like a political entity and then this just takes it to like the next logical stream well if there's one then there's got to be more than that and some of them have to be fucking nuts right yeah. uh it's excellent can't let the tourists win no tur tourism acts is one of the greatest crimes don't even negotiate with tourists. <laughs> like You're wearing socks with sandals right now, and a, and a nice oh. patterned shirt. Get out of here. Patterned shirt? I'm forgetting the word. <laughs> Hawaiian shirt? Oh, oh, oh. I was like, lots of shirts have patterns. <laughs> Leave me alone! We know the names of, of, of states that exist within Jason Graham, but not within the real world. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just... Cultured, that's all. Yeah, they're I all just, Jason Graham. Yeah, I just love that one line. My kingdom, Jason, is very handsome. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> they have to keep mentioning my kingdom is Jason. The kingdom is Jason Graham. As a former government employee, the largely erratic and depends on government discretion uh, hit me right in the soul. <laughs> in a good way. It's true. I mean, that's uh, that's redundant. Right. Yeah. Largely erratic and depends on government discretion. It's a redundant statement. <clears throat> exactly. That's already still erratic. funny to read. All those fucking tropes about working with the government are 100 percent true. I'm I don't work with the government, but I have to constantly work with members of government, and it is exhausting. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's get some emails and then get the fuck out of here. Um, who wants right. to read this first one from Moxie? Aiko, one of those GOIs that I respected. It's place on the wiki. It never really no, no, you have to start again because we heard Grigori talking over you. Grigori, you ruin everything. I try. I hate you. The Chicago Spirit was one of those GOIs that I respected. It's place on the wiki, but never really had that much interest in gangster stuff. Just never really appeared to me. Appealed. Jesus. I always had a soft spot for the Spirit's GOI format and how straightforward it is. However, my question for the two. Three of four? you. Four. Is this? What is the one line in anything you have ever written which you are most proud of? Is by Moxie. Yeah. I, I yeah, Aiko. Aiko. Geico. 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 Okay. Uh, hey, Geico. I, did it? Did it matter what wiki came off of? I chose one from the Wanderer's Library. Yeah. No. Of course um, not. Anything you wrote. Um. There was. There was a this like. Minecraft ending story that I heard and I wanted to write something like it because that apparently the block game gave me so much inspiration and so it was with no time to prepare herself she felt an empty sentence stuck in her throat and this is just before the character decides that she doesn't want words anymore yeah. uh, which doesn't it sounds really out of place no that's good I like that yeah it, it was impactful for me Very go good. on all right. And there's silence. <laughs> Jeez, okay. No one oh. liked that one. It was good. We said it was good. Did you not hear us oh. say it was good? Are you just immune to, to compliments now? Who are you? I don't know. I wish I exactly. knew. <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. All right, All right, Harry. Who's next? You got one? Uh, yeah. It, 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 <laughs> the thing that I picked kind of irritates me because I was looking through all my stuff when I saw this email, and I thought, what do I think is the the best line and it's got to be some ending line because i always end on my best lines and i realized that i think the one i like the most comes from a rewrite of my first article that is hidden and you have to find it through links from other articles so i've apparently hidden my favorite line that I've ever wrote <laughs> from people seeing it 
uh, and it says, what separates us from the thing on the other side of the mirror? Three dimensions and room to grow. That's lovely. That's lovely. That's real. And no one ever sees it. No one ever sees it. It's hiding. (laughs) By hiding it, you've uh, insulated yourself from expectation. That's right. It's more special that way. That's right. I'm keeping it to myself. It's not for you. (laughs) All right. Meets. My uh, favorite line isn't one I came up with, but it's uh, like all good authors, I steal and uh, then I put it <laughs> in my thing. Um, it's in my 001 <clears throat> proposal. Uh, it's a line um, a church is a hospital for sinners. Oh, that's good. Ooh, that's good. That is good. It's very nice. You guys all had these really like poetic ones, and I'm going to read yeah, go something on. utterly ridiculous. <laughs> boop, boop, fart noises. <laughs> that's right. <clears throat> We now return you to a regular scheduled program of Dolly's Dixie Corner, but all, from all of us at VKTM 66.3, I'd like to wish the corpse of JFK a merry fuck you. Fuck you too, Mike. <laughs> fuck you too. <laughs> yep, it's clever. Uh, it's my favorite thing ever. It's still, it's one, like, there's a few lines that I've written that when I write, read them again, I laugh. And every time I read that, I go, it's <laughs> ridiculous. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, anyway. Again, this is the shit that I didn't think I could even write, so maybe that's why I'm still enamored with my own comedy writing. Gregory discovering humor definitely uh, (laughs) makes it. Oh, that's a big one. Took a while, too. It did. It took about a year. He found out how to write humor, and if you give him a little while, he might eventually develop a sense of humor with human interactions. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) For now, it's self isolated. (laughs) All I do is laugh. Anyway, I've hardly gotten any any insults in here. I That's had to true. stick one right in the That's end. True. All right, uh, I'll read this one from Gory. I love most of the articles in the wiki, which can be described as very fucking weird. So as a result, I also adore reading most Onoroi and newest Farrick stuff in general articles. So I hope your next episode shows you some good ones, which I have missed. Hopefully, we did. Here be questions. What are <laughs> which article? <laughs> I like that. Which article on the wiki has your favorite title? We're going in the same order, or are we gonna switch it up every time? Let's do the same order. Whenever you're ready. All right. Uh, my favorite is "Everything Worth Doing Is So Fucking Hard" by Dark Stuff. Yeah, it's good. Lovely title. Who was next? Was it me? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna do a SCP annotate because that's who I am. Um, <sighs> in SCP, I think it's "The Dragon of Mittenwald" by John Related. So oh, good. I just it's just ev- evocative and effort. It's it's a great article. The Dragon of Mittenwald just really rolls out the tongue. And for Tales, it's uh, Pictures of Plastic People by It, which is also very evocative and hard to even say what it's evocative of. (laughs) Yeah. Meets. This one's a pretty long one. Uh, 4960. Why the Foundation funded a hentai to awaken a Sumerian (laughs) love goddess or... How I learned to stop worrying and love Kadesh Nanaya. That's a, that's that's, a, that's Clef, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's yes. very funny, and it's Clef kind of poking fun at his like earlier horny stuff. It's very funny, right? I really like that article. Uh, it's fantastic. It is, yeah. uh, I think, the longest name on the wiki. Uh, which, if it isn't, it's got to be you know damn close. Uh, Ooh, but you know for. Know that alone isn't why I like it. It's just, uh, it's, it, uh, blends a lot of things and, uh, we always like to go absurd. Uh, always. Speaking of, 
I'm gonna cheat by picking one that I picked out for one of Harry's articles because it still makes me laugh, which is the name snake. Ah, yes. It's my favorite thing ever. What I... Oh, wait, you, you picked it out. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm, I told you that you had to do it. And you said, okay, I'll do it. He's taking, the next time he tells the story, it'll be this article title that I gave to Harry. That's not what I said. <laughs> you were like, oh, we could call it this or I could call it this. And no, I'm not going to call it that. I'm like, no, you fucking have to call it that. I was like, it's it's called the namesake because it's the, the it's it's the creature that's a namesake of a class, an object class, and I went, it's also a snake. I could call it the name snake, and he's you have to call it the. Like, I kind of wanted you to say that. Yeah, of course, but it's just so fucking evocative uh, and funny and memorable all at the same time. Like, and it's thematically appropriate to the different aspects of that story. I just fucking love it so much. Yeah. Well, I like Isolation Res- Reverie by Grigory Karpin. That's a fantastic title. It's very, uh, it's, it's a very, like, weighty title for a story about bloody m- mushrooms. <laughs> uh, what did you do while the site was down? For me, a lot of stuff happened, but the main one was there was a tornado and it was my birthday. So <laughs> Her birthday was a tornado. It was all the wiki's fault. So yeah. uh, many beats. We're gonna have a problem after this. You and me behind the behind the shack. I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. Um, what shack? <laughs> the one in our in our mental in our mental. <laughs> here, Just the way you said that, like behind the shack. You know, you know the one I'm talking the about. Shack. The shack. <laughs> this is the literally shack the owner of it. Yeah. And Who got you the tornado? Hmm? The Who got you oh, the yeah. tornado? Who got oh, you the tornado? Uh, you did, Harry. Oh, wow. Six years Shit. ago. Oh, it six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've been friends a while. <laughs> Enemy you know, brother. Uh, I would really like to thank you for staying up so late past your bedtime. You've done a great job. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't take my sleeping meds. Now let's go on. Yes. Uh, oh, right. I have to answer. Uh, yeah. Go. Uh, continue to write my tale series that is now probably going to be a 150,000 word book. <laughs> Moving on. He's not joking. I'm not joking. It's already over 100,000. Listen, yeah. it started with whatever I had to say. Now it's with yours. Everyone thinks we're joking right now. Isn't it? <laughs> None of this is real. We it's keep getting updates. I'm writing a novel. <laughs> go on, Meats. How are you going to kick this one out of the park? Oh, I don't think uh, I did that. Uh, I've been uh, running a um, a D and D game of three point fifth edition uh, for a very long time, and uh, we reached the phase of the game where the only people uh, who are still alive that have names are uh, epic characters with a lot of deeds under their belt. Uh, so I spent a lot of time uh, writing out stuff uh, that my players have been asking about and uh, filling in. Uh, stuff for that uh, for them to do and possibly end the universe over (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah that was kind of crazy that's pretty great Uh, awesome i wrote a victim article uh and i played a lot of elder ring i finally caught up in elder ring i'm almost done finally what do you mean by caught up well um so a few weeks ago like five weeks ago i had to find a new place to live um and that was a stressful couple of weeks. And then I found a place, which was a good place. But uh, then I had to, because of the way it was set up, like it was a first come first serve sort of thing. So I had to like technically move in much earlier than I planned. And so I started just literally moving 
over the space of like five or six days. So that whole week was go- so like I didn't work on anything for the wiki. I didn't play a video game. I didn't barely watch TV for like weeks and weeks. Ooh. Yeah, it sucked. But I'm finally settled in, and you know, I mean, I would have rather have published the victim article because I was sitting there just waiting for it. Uh, but um, yeah, it was nice to finally. I'm almost done with Eldering. Finally, your article went underwent radioactive decay while you weren't looking at it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, and then Harry mentioned forever ago how one of his articles, The Weight, I believe, was inspired by a dream. So now I wonder, have there been other cases where your article is being inspired by dreams? And it's not just for Harry. Which is good, because I don't think I have another one. Oh, awesome. Uh, none that I've actively gotten on the site, but there is one that was about VKTM that I'm writing a series for mm-hmm. where I had, I told, I told Gregory about this stream, but there were like two characters from VKTM, like carrying a couch and they were moving into like a theme park, but they were really upset because it was a weekend. <laughs> like, like really, they were like, I can't believe they was working on a fucking weekend. And then you drew it. And then I, yeah, I did in fact draw it. And then I decided that I love the characters so much that I wanted to kind of have them as background yes. characters. So now they're like, they're going to be my comedy characters in the background like every t- kind of like a sitcom script i suppose i'm gonna have my main characters doing their thing and then it's gonna cut to them doing something stupid on the sidelines like unable to get a couch up the stairs or something i don't know they'll figure yeah. it out now ask how many times i've warned Aiko that she can't do any like serious lore or <laughs> or explain anything about victim Holy in these, shit, in these tales guy. do not write for vktm <laughs> I've been dragged to hell and back. Okay, it's been three times. Anyway. (laughs) So you just post it and then block it. Yeah. What are you going to do about it, huh? Huh, punk? Nothing. That's right. (laughs) Don't say like that. You've been so adamant about it for so long. I felt like it was your life's journey. I mean, it is the thing I created, so, you know. You can hit him with the old, uh, do you feel in charge? Wow, that was good. (laughs) That was really good. That was really good. (laughs) I've been working on that for a long time. It's really just, good. Now you. do the now read Giesmas, but in, like Bane. Uh, no, uh, oh. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Oh. Uh, I have a dream article. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What the hell? Sorry. Sorry. Uh, my five K contest entry, uh, a December to remember, um, was about a dream I had uh, where I opened up a library book and it said due December thirty second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that. That became an article where a December that just doesn't end. Uh, you flip the calendar over and it says December 32nd and it just keeps going. This <laughs> is so sad. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's a pretty... It's a bummer of an article. Uh, it is. If I you're into that. that sort of thing. So, uh, that checks out. Um. Uh, right, next email. Oh, yeah. I don't really have... A good answer. I don't think I have one that it was based on a dream. I woke up in the middle of the night and started writing down ideas I had, but it oh, wasn't. No. I don't think it was really. It could have been connected to the dream, but I don't really remember my dreams most of the time, honestly. Uh, all right. Well, who wants to read Gasmus? I'm on it. All right. Unfortunately, Onoroi is one of those GOIs I don't know a lot about, so I'll have to learn from this episode. I find the concept cool, just haven't had the time to really delve into it. I still have some of their articles. I think my favorite would be the one about the police officers who arrest people for crimes committed during their dreams. It was funny to get a glimpse into dream world court logic. Speaking of dreams, though, 
That wiki shutdown was a real nightmare. Glad that's over. Looking forward to the episode, as always. Thanks, Guzma. Yeah, thanks. Thanks to Guzma and Guai for almost always sending an email. It's fucking great. We love it. It's fantastic. Harry, you want to read this last one? Yeah, uh, just a second. I've uh, tabbed away from Outlook, so you can always... Check reading glasses. Stay a while and listen. <laughs> yeah, it turned into Deckard Kane, didn't it? Uh, yeah, that's okay. You need to, do you need me to copy and paste this for you? Like, you... shut up, young person. All right, Randy. This is this is from Randy. Hi. Hope all of you are doing well after such a traumatic experience of losing the sight for four days, as I recall. That might have been a lot for some of us. It was. It was. So, it genuinely was. <laughs> So, as always, the question. What is the funniest thing you have read on the wiki? And uh, coincidentally, it was that the wiki was down. That was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, mine's when day breaks. That's funny to you? <laughs> I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I, it's the only thing that doesn't freak me out. We were talking about dreams oh, okay. just a second ago. Yeah. But I had an entire dream where Sumerian released a five-part series about it, <laughs> and like, and then the world ended, <laughs> and like I was the only one alive. <laughs> I got really upset about it, and then my friends were like, "Okay, we got exposure therapy. You're gonna talk to Sumerian so you don't get upset about it." And I did, and then since then, every time I think about that conversation, <laughs> I can't say anything because it it was just horrid. What in the fuck does this have to do but with when day breaks? I think about that conversation. I just I just laughed. So every time I hear about the article, I'm laughing. It's horrible. Beautiful. It's fair. Thank you. Thank you. The five-part <laughs> series will never be released. I've made sure of that. <laughs> uh, can't uh, possibly top that answer. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm sure you could try. Go on. Can, okay, my, answer, oh. can my answer be 05? Just yeah, if it's the... If it's... If it's, five command. if it's the oh, cons- shit. Consuelo oh, logs. Damn, that would have been a great answer. Consuelo is legitimately the funniest. 100%. Like, not a joke. Not a joke is the funniest. Mm-hmm. Consuelo's disc log is the funniest thing. <laughs> oh my god, I've read it so many times. It should be an article on the wiki at this rate. I just kind discipl- of is. Disciplinary yeah, I mean, Consuelo in 05command.com. That is the like funniest a, article we have. It's like a secret <laughs> article, you know? You yeah, well, there's it. no there's no vote module, so you uh, can't get that sucker deleted. It's, right? It is so fucking amazing. It's a riot. It's so I'm it's sure it was worth the price of admission. I'm sure it was really frustrating to deal with, but in hindsight, I would fucking know, hilarious. Thankfully, I don't think if I was on staff, I would have been able to do my job because I just would have been like, "But he's so funny." Uh-huh. <laughs> that would have been my whole contribution. I don't. No, no, we're not banning this person. Why? He's hilarious. Why don't we ban the people who aren't funny? <laughs> I can't I can get behind that. Right, so whose turn is it? Did we just give up on Because I don't know. I go, yeah, I yeah Harry, you're answering them. Well, the two Have hosts you? haven't responded. Uh, no. no, I haven't answered. I'm just going to cheat and do two because I always cheat and do two. Because that's how I am <laughs> in relationships. And I'm going to pick one by Jay Dune and one by Plague PJP because they both write my favorite funny shit. Um, so I'm just going to name them and you can go read them because they're amazing. SCP-5787, Bad Things Happen in Philadelphia, which is actually uh, Plague and Doom together, which is about a sentient Philly cheesesteak. Mm. 
Actually, I'll do three. Uh, Dr. Rockefeller, Always With Teeth, oh, which is God. one of my favorite articles of all time by Jay Dune, which is SCP-5648, mm-hmm. and it is terrifying, and it is amazingly funny. And one of my all-time favorite articles that I can't find the number of. Where the hell is it? Uh, <laughs> why did I ever it's have... It's my all-time favorite. It's my all-time, it's my all-time favorite. favorite. What the fuck was it called? What was it about? <laughs> Who was in it? SCP-6597, Whale, I'm Boned by Blake. Oh my god, that was <laughs> so good. And the description he has uh, pro- provided for us on his author page is a quote from the article uh, from Scordo, the god of Scrimshaw, saying... I would like people to start killing more elephants and whales. So true, King. So true. Listen, if if we have done anything to inspire people to read in the articles, please, God, people, go read Plague's articles. Yes. His stuff is fucking hilarious. I would also choose a Plague article, but it was super controversial, so I don't want to add to the drama. We know which one. You just but, did by doing that, but okay. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'm going to pick safe choices, which are things that we've covered on the, the show, honestly. I Maybe love so. that, that SPC orientation that I read. Uh, oh, yeah. I oh, still gosh. listen to that recording, and like that's why I clipped it and put it on fucking Twitter, because it's just so fucking funny. Like, Because that's what we fucking do in the SPC. Like, it's just so funny. I can't take it. Um, and, <laughs> I can't uh, get enough SPC. Yeah, honestly. I mean, I always thought it was pretty funny, but then doing the episode made me realize I just fucking love it. All of it. Um, Speaking of uh, many meets. uh, No, I'm not going to call you out on this show. Um, So the other one would be the many wise words of Dick Chappell. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, which we also read entirely on the show last episode. It's just so fucking hilarious. Cat bit me, now it lives in the river. <laughs> it's so good! <laughs> That's just... Uh, uh, why don't the homeless just buy homes? A couple of lines later, why don't the orphans just buy new parents? <laughs> My parents. <laughs> so fucking good. Oh, oh man. Anyway. Disconnected and senile, the perfect combination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Alright, well... Just like you guys. That's right, it's just like hey, us. Exactly. Awesome. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, who's the one sundowning here out of the four of us, though? It would be Ico. Hey, that wasn't very nice of you. That's <laughs> me. That. But I got the name right, huh? Yeah. Huh? Care, Gregory. Huh? Shut up. Finger guns. Anyway, so. <laughs> Finger guns. <laughs> Not a video podcast. So you can't Never mind. Two of you might be sundowning. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, the email address is at simply, I'm sorry, simplycreativepeople at gmail.com, so please send us your emails. Uh, we obviously especially like the ones with questions, because it's just a lot of fun. Um, it's really nice when you send nice things, but also the questions are really fun to read. Yeah, because after we hear your words, it's nice to be able to go back to saying our words and hearing our own voice. <laughs> That's right. The content, yes. <laughs> um, because we made a podcast so that we couldn't speak. Uh, oh wait, we like That's to right. talk. Uh, the Twitters are uh, at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T for the show, and then at Gregory Carpet. At Harry Blunt, S-C-P. Y'all got Twitter? Y'all younger. Oh yeah, so uh, at Look Psycho. Uh, if you can figure out how to spell that. It'll, no, I'm going to include it in the description. Damn it. 
and I'm at many underscore meets. Ah, the dreaded underscore. That pesky underscore. <clears throat> which is uh, dumb because my author name is all one, but... Uh, oh, I hate when people do that. Should I be know illegal. what would drive a man <laughs> to choose. I just thought you were going to stop there. What would drive a man? Uh, that's a fair question. It, it, they're made out of meat. We'll answer that next episode, but for now... Uh, we definitely will not be giving any answers. No, no answers. Fuck that. Well, thank you for both for joining us. This is really fun, especially since yes. it's the first time we had two, and uh, you both were wonderful. Thank you. Yes, you were. Thank you for having me slash us. I'm gonna speak yeah. uh, on her behalf. Oh, I'm only thanking. I'm only thanking meats. I'm not thanking oh. Aiko at all. Oh, you're that's ridiculous. You can't. That's a pun right there. You can't leave us apart. That wasn't a pun. That just happened to be the same word. No. <laughs> She's young. They don't know how words work anymore. <laughs> That this turn just turned into making fun of Aiko when she spends the rest of the time making fun of us. I'm gonna have nightmares tonight, and it's all gonna be your fault. Turnabout's fair play. Hey, look, nightmares, because it's that's a content. Oh. Don't make fun of me like that. All right, and that... your stupid podcast. Uh, good night, folks. Dream a little dream for us. Sweet dreams.